We are back yeah. on the yes on the dirt. <laughs> Why does that get me every time? Eighty-eight episodes. I still I know it's coming. Back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike, and I'm the Big Ugly, and we are here in the Mansion, episode eighty-eight. And while we're doing the sound check with the Yeti, Yeti, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> Big Ugly. We are joined once again by uh, the one and only uh, hashtag no hashtag king of social distancing yeah, and yeah. Uh, the king of social me- uh, non-social non, media of yes, course and not well you know uh, on the kayfabe tip um, <laughs> CM Funk welcome back how you doing? Oh gentlemen as always it's a pleasure to be here thank you so much for having me pleasure is all yours <laughs> Some, something that yeah. four horsemen used to say anyway um, so we talk about pro wrestling well, on this podcast on number 88 Big Ugly we are about what four and a half years into this yeah. Wow. Yeah. God, where has the time gone? Seriously, it's gone pretty fast. <laughs> like, I can remember <laughs> us sitting yeah. in the mansion, pretty much right, right. here, with the, the Zoom. The, the little Zoom. You had just come back from WrestleMania in Dallas. In Dallas. And that, it seemed like yesterday, like, us talking about a two-part episode. Right. Because it was too big for one episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how did we do that? Yeah. And the WWE stole yeah. it four minutes later. Yeah. Four four years later. Four minutes. Wow. Uh, I'm just, That's about how quick it's going. Right. <laughs> got, a, got a shout out to Voltron. Here yeah. CM Funk is wearing a, a fantastic shirt with the Voltron on it. And I, I did find the uh, the plastic um, Voltron uh, in my, uh, my parents' basement of their mansion. Um, I found that, so that was pretty cool. So yeah, we going we gonna talk today. Got a lot of stuff to talk about on this episode. Tangents and all. Um, Clash of Champions has happened. Gold Rush since we last talked. We can talk about that. Um, NXT Takeover 30, uh, 30 had happened recently too. We can talk about that. Um, lots happened in the world with that. We got politics. There's an election coming up. The World Series is happening. Can we talk football real quick? We sure can oh, because COVID's right. running wild in yeah. the NFL, brother. All right. Sorry. So, <laughs> my Cowboys are trash. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 they're in first place. Don't, don't, don't sell them short. They are in first place in the most competitive division in the NFL right now. No. Uh, yeah, it's just pretty sad. God. Um, and Dak. My oh, man. Dak God, Andrew. Dak Prescott was, was Sid Vicious. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Hey, what's a Sid? Yeah. Did you did you see that? Uh, yeah. you know, you've seen that before. The, the yeah. Sid, where yeah. Sid jumped so off Sid the jumped second road and yeah. bam, yeah. Yeah. 90 degree. So yeah. go ahead. Talk about it. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to get that out the way. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to talk about was the Ravens. Hey, um, now. So, Tied for second place. I'm, a, I'm trying to get you guys' opinions, right? Ravens doing good this season, right? I'm concerned. All right, so I feel like the Ravens on the first half of the season, because now we're going into the bye week. When the Ravens come back after a bye week, this is when they're really going to get hit with some good teams. Oh, yeah. They got about like four or five good teams in a row, right? Yep. Now I Starting feel, with Pittsburgh. Right. Now, I feel like... The Ravens have not been performing well against good competitive teams. Like, when it came to the Chiefs, completely fell apart. Right. But most of the other teams that the Ravens have faced in this first half of the season have not – they haven't really been great, great teams. Right. What do you guys think about the second half? Like, are we going to see the Ravens, like, pull it together? Because think about the Eagles, and I'm looking at the Eagles – the Ravens should have had that game in a bag. And I mean, the the Eagles almost came back. Right, we barely pulled that out. we pulled it – exactly. So, it's like – what what are, you, what are you guys' thoughts on the Ravens? Because they, they're concerning me at this time. CM Funk, we'll start with you. Um, uh, full disclosure, I'm not a Ravens fan, so I apologize if... if hey, if the my, Dolphins uh, are... 
Hey, yeah, man. Hey, that's another whole story. That's, they got, that, they got that's a, another whole show right they there. They got a new quarterback uh, coming. There. And go ahead. Yeah. Man. So, uh, Ravens, like, they're going to be a playoff team. They're probably like a 10-win team. But defensively is where, to me, they have the bigger issues, even though everybody's talking about how, like, Lamar is down this year compared to his performance last year, which Absolutely, he is. Yeah. Offensively, they don't seem to be quite in sync, but... Dude, defensively, man, like you mentioned, the Eagles game, um, I, I mean, that, that game was over at halftime, and it came down to the last minute of the game. Defensively exactly. in so, the second half, they gave up 14, right. 17 points, whatever it was. Now, as we're recording this and all, they did go out and uh, trade for a pass rusher from the Vikings. Um, they did. Yannick, Yannick, right. Nguke. Tried to get him last year, yeah. but didn't work out. Yeah, this so, year happened, we get we gave some draft picks, I think. Yeah, so being able to get to the quarterback, which they're going to need to do against mm. uh, guys like Roethlisberger and, and even the um, Bengals and the Browns, who are both okay teams, you know, to, sure. and all, you know, there and then the other rest of the schedule they have. Mm. You know, that that I think will help them. So, I think they're going to be all right, but they're not they're not a Super Bowl caliber team, I don't believe. Not yet. <laughs> not yeah. they they can and I, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. The defense has done pretty well, I say, up to the second half of the last game that we played against Philadelphia. Um, you know, allowing the least points in the NFL is great, but you need to sustain it through four quarters. Um, and the defense can't be the only thing out there for four quarters trying to win you this game, or special teams, I should say, because there's nothing wrong with Justin Tucker. There's nothing wrong with Sam Cook. There's nothing wrong with, you know. But I will say Lamar, your, your guys are right, and especially you, Big Ugly. He's not playing the game he was playing last year. Uh, he's being protected a little bit more. He's being I don't know if he's being saved and trying not to get injured because if he runs every other play and runs 100 or 200 yards a game, the probability of him going down and getting hurt is – more it's higher and if he does that you know we could put in rg3 or we could put in um i can't remember his name the other guy i i I like him um but anyway the other quarterback but anyway our whole offense is wrapped around lamar right now and the run game so if we lamar goes down that's gonna be big that's huge so i think and what i hope is that they're holding him back and letting him break out on these big teams that are coming um and protect him at the same time so that he can run a little bit more than yeah. he has been. That's all I'm saying. So I forgot Sam Funk is a Miami fan. That's right. Yeah. How are you guys doing? I'm really kidding. Uh, about. So yeah. So the Dolphins are uh, as of this week they're three and three, mm-hmm. um, sitting at 500, playing pretty good football. Um, but they've just benched their starting quarterback for their the rookie uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah, they've benched uh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick for uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, I saw their, that too. Uh, first round draft pick. Um, it's a move because rookies have to play the, these days and all, you know, otherwise yeah. their contracts aren't worth, you know, keeping on. So, um, and Fitzpatrick's been playing really good in the last few weeks. So it's kind of a weird timing, but yeah. they got a bye week and then uh, they figure they, that gives them an extra week of preparation with the rookie and then just it's going to be uh, two a time, as they're calling it, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they're throwing away the season, even though they're they actually have a chance to be a playoff type of a team this year. But I got a feeling they're just kind of throwing it away to get uh, playing time for uh, Tua. So. Right. The Dirty Ugly Wrestling Pro Football Podcast. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, just, Tangents just, right off the bat. No just, problem. Just real quick with the back to the Ravens thing. And all. Back to so, the Ravens. Uh, you know, um, don't want to hold on to this too long, but uh, so like you're talking said. about Lamar and and <laughs> and you know and how uh, you're hoping that he'll you know kind of be able to let, maybe they're keeping the reins on him a little bit and all. Dude, when they played the Chiefs, he was terrible. He You're was right. absolutely horrible against the Chiefs, and they're the best team in football. 
And defensively, they couldn't stop them. To, oh, my God. I mean, You're right. They could not keep up right. at any level. I mean, the, the, so the defense, other than that game and the, and the second quarter of the Philadelphia game, yeah. has been great. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's why, to me, their defense is their biggest issue right now. Because if, if they can't stop good teams, and the Eagles, you know, forget what their record is. The Eagles are probably a pretty decent team. Yeah. You know, when you really look at them and all. Are they a great team? No. But they're probably a pretty decent team. Yeah. And if the Ravens are struggling against a pretty decent team like that, you know, then I don't know. They're going to have some work to do, obviously. And the bye week may help, um, and almost getting beat uh, may help them too. And, and we're going in against Pittsburgh, who's undefeated, so maybe if we take them down a notch um, or have the opportunity to do that, that could be a big mo- momentum, you know, going in the right direction. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, there's a, there's COVID going through the NFL. Um, you know, there, there's no bubble in the NFL, so these guys are going out and doing whatever they're doing off time. Uh, on the field, you know, pretty much on camera, there's there's masks, there's distancing for the most part, and everybody's been tested, and there's only, you know, there's no real people dying or anything like that, which is great, but now they're letting fans in the stadium somewhat. It's th- These guys that are getting paid millions of dollars to play this game just got to be responsible outside of the game. That's all I'm saying. And not to put their team in jeopardy, put somebody else's team in jeopardy, or the sport that's paying them all this money in jeopardy. So, you know what I'm saying. Anyway. Moving on, uh, th- this this podcast right here, 88, we're going to talk about a few things. Pro wrestling, yeah, it's coming up. This is what we do. Uh, segment two, Big Ugly, I sent you an interview that I did with a man named Ed Stilk, S-T-Y-L-C. I don't know if you heard it yet, but, um, I have not. but it's going to be a surprise. But um, this guy is a wrestling historian. He is a fan. Uh, he has been around the independent scene for the last several years and also been you know, traveling the... Uh, local and the world, you know, at point in times, uh, WWE, WWF, whatever you call it, WCW, NWA, everything. Um, and he is a, also a championship title collector like I am. Uh, so that is great. Great conversation. And it can go further in all of his ties to the world. It's going to be great to connect him on everything. So Ed Stilk, S-T-Y-L-C, coming up in segment two of this podcast of 88. Now, I want to give a shout out to the next interview for the November podcast, 89, what we're going to do. Because um, we're going to 100. You know this, Big Ugly. Yeah. We're going to get there. Um, so <laughs> We're going to get there sooner than later, apparently, because the time is flying. <laughs> um, so, Satomi Hoffman. I want you to remember that name. Satomi. S-A-T-O-M-I. Satomi. Hoffman. H-O-F-M-A-N-N. Differently spelled. Um, she is... Uh, a friend of Michael Spedden, who we had on the podcast a couple of different times, is a fellow podcaster and singer and actor. Uh, Satomi is, among other things, she's a broadcaster, a uh, podcaster like us, but she's also a Broadway actress. Legit. She is in the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Not since March, of course, it's been closed down. Right. But that's what they're, they're trying to do. She's also an actress, uh, a singer of other – but she is extremely talented and a wealth of knowledge and a fantastic conversationalist. And she is going to be our interview in November on episode 89. So we're going to start tagging her own stuff. Look out for that. Uh, she does the I Heart Geek podcast, which we're going to talk a lot about. So we love Voltron. We love movies. We love music. We love sports, uh, movies, all kinds of mu- – everything. She, she talks about everything. So – it is phenomenal. So check her out, Satomi Hoffman. Um, you know, find her, like her, and she's got a lot. Of, I'm gonna tag everything that she does. Uh, she supports charities and everything. So 
The Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast is going strong. We expanded. Yeah. We and just going great. all over. I'm excited for that. Actually, um, Phantom Opera is like my favorite place. So I, I heard this. Yeah. So, yeah, she is. Um, she plays a lot of different characters. A lot of them. She'll get into this, actually. A lot of those people that have contracts play so many different characters. But she is the wardrobe mistress. Um, that's one of her featured parts. She has a solo. Uh, and she also has um, specific stage time. It's really cool. So, awesome. yes, yeah, we're going to talk to her next month. And so, so Satomi Hoffman, H-O-F-M-A-N-N, just to get in. Now, I, I told you guys something before we go. Any, we're going to talk about pro wrestling. I promise, people. Uh, I doubt it. We got it. It's the dirty, <laughs> it's ugly not, it's wrestling. It's not looking good. Right. <laughs> it's not looking good. We got, we got to talk about the draft. We got to talk about Brock Lesnar's contract not renewing. We got to talk about all kinds of stuff. We got to talk about hell in the, hell in a. Uh, hell in a cell. Hell in the cell. cell. Yeah. Hell, hell in the bottom it's Carter? H I A C. That's the. Heak. Yeah. 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 We're gonna talk about three of them apparently on this next pay per view. It's coming up. Um, and we're gonna talk about spin the wheel, make the deal. Which oh, is pretty Halloween cool. havoc. Yes. Ah, unbelievable. We're living my WCW childhood. Me too, my friend. Me too. And we're also gonna talk about the greatest moment. In the history of professional wrestling <laughs> that happened very recently before this podcast. And you'll know it when you see it and you'll know it when we talk about it. The great, uh, the ic- most iconic moment in professional wrestling. But I told you guys I had, a, I had an announcement. Yes. So I, I want to break that out. Um, so. We're not going to talk about wrestling after all. No, no we are. Oh, see, I just want Sean tell me because I didn't want people to get turned off by the announcement. Because this announcement is going to mean more to, to you guys. And hopefully our listeners too, but more to you guys. Because... We've been in the mansion doing this for four and a half years, maybe. I've been in the mansion for eight years, all 27 rooms. Pretty soon, by the end of this year, the mansion will be no more. Oh. And, Whoa. and, and the I, I, I'm actually basically retiring the mansion. And I'm going to be moving into what is going to be known as the penthouse. The penthouse. The penthouse. This is wow. not an adult magazine. I mean, it is. You know, hashtag Larry Flint, but that's not where I'm going. Um, so I, I actually had the opportunity to, uh, you know, take a look. You know, with, you know, doing what I do on a daily basis. Uh, you know, the mortgage rates are actually the lowest in U.S. history right now. Yes, they are. Um, and it is a seller's market, and there are people selling. And uh, you know, somebody was selling their penthouse and retiring to other other ways. Oh. Um, so I got a chance to take a look at it. I made an offer. It's been accepted. I can't go into too much detail. Things had to happen, but I got to tell you, it's fantastic. Um, and I, that's awesome. I, and we are going to have. A, uh, you know, right now we're in one mansion, one room of the mansion, 27 rooms. So I'm going to have one room that's going to have a lot of like offshoots. So <laughs> that's what the penthouse is going to be. It's not 27 rooms, it's going to be like 27 outlets of, of space. And, you know, when we get in there, we're going to have a specific space for our podcasting. It's going to be like a little little wrestling slash podcast room. It's And it's uh, overlooking the balcony because it's the penthouse. And it's, it's going to be tight, man. Yeah. It's going to be tight, guys. That's exciting. Well, so, well, con- congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, um, I, I do have one question. Sure, sure. Um, when the mansion gets, you know, emptied out and moved along, um, is anybody going to bother looking for Chris Burns? <laughs> I had it on the note. I didn't even have to bring it up. So, Chris, if you're listening via SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, if you Googled us, if you still have that phone plugged in, wherever it is, whatever room you're in, when we move everything out of the mansion, you know, we're going to give some stuff to charity. We're going to move some stuff into storage, but we're going to take some stuff into the penthouse. 
when I find you, Chris Burns, if you're still in there, you're coming with me, okay? Because I got a room for you. I got a room for you in the penthouse. And this room is going to be fully equipped with enough to get you by. I can't say exactly right now, but it's going to be enough to get you by. So, yeah, that's I'm pretty excited. This all kind of happened really fast. Um I, I just I was I was somewhere and I saw a for sale sign and it got me thinking. Let me just take a look. Let me see what I can do. And um, you know the situations changed in my life. I've been in this mansion for eight years. You might remember when I moved in here, CM Punk. I, I do. I do remember. I, I believe uh, and, and I appreciate your assistance. Memory. I, I may ask for it again. I'm just saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's where I'm going is COVID free. You do know I'm busy that weekend. No, I, just, well, <laughs> I didn't tell you when it was yet. You're just penciling it in. I pay pizza and beer and you know I, I'm campaigning I, with a broken skull IPA right yeah, here. Stone Cold I, I, Steve I've Austin. Got, I've got a floating calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my weekend's going to be Hashtag floating calendar. Um... <clears throat> No, but I'm really excited, and, and uh, it's been really great to do this in the mansion, but we ain't stopping, Big Ugly. No. And uh, I hope you both will uh, come to the penthouse, and um, I'll, you know, you just ring that buzzer, and I'll buzz you in, so you'll know where you're going. And it's going to be great, man. I'm very excited about it. Very cool. Very good. So thank you guys for putting up with me on that. Let's talk pro wrestling, please. Let's just, just go into it. Um, Deuces. Do, oh. No, that's <laughs> done. We got we got to talk wrestling. Then we got to talk Ed Stilton, Sigmund 2. And then we got to talk, we, I think you got a Hall of Fame list, don't you, Big Ugly? Yeah, it's a little short, man. I, could, I need some help. That's okay. You, you were Googling things last time. You yeah, just, yeah, go ahead. I need to just keep Googling. Where, where are you in the WWE Network? Uh, if you've been watching at home, are you kind of yeah, so in I'm, the mid-2000s? I am at the end of 2002. Now. Okay. So I'm getting towards Scott Steiner has showed up. Oh, by big the, Papa Pump. Yeah. By the way, okay, I, I don't I don't think Scott Steiner has a huge impact, but I will say when he made <clears throat> his debut at uh, Madison Square Garden, what was that, Survivor Series? Yeah. Yeah. He looked damn good. He really like did. That, like when he made his entrance, I was like, damn. Like, big Papa and Pump. Like, they, they built it yeah. to the point and they promoted it to the point where it was awesome. Didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't think it Yeah. But, and so you got to be in. Um, you got to be in Brock Lesnar championship territory. Yeah, so Brock Lesnar's champion. He's, okay. he's feuding with Big Show. Paul Heyman just turned on him. Oh, that was great. That was a Survivor uh, Series moment right there. Yeah, so... That's coming up in November, <clears throat> by the way. Quick, go ahead. I'm trying to think. Shawn Michaels just won the championship. So Shawn Michaels is champion from the first elimination championship. Uh, right, the okay, first right, one right, that right, Eric, yeah, Eric yeah. Bischoff threw yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was at Madison Square Garden, too, wasn't it? That was all at Madison Square Garden. I yeah, think. I think that was all the same... That whole Survivor Series. Survivor Series, yeah, that was all the same, yeah, okay. same place. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so we're coming up on WrestleMania 19, maybe? Right. Whatever, 19 whichever one is two, in 2003. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be nine. It's 19. So we're coming up on the one in Seattle in the baseball stadium, which is pretty neat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Walking encyclopedia over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't need to rent me for $9.99 a month. I'm here for free. Eddie and Chavo are together, and we're and we're just starting to see John Cena do his rapping. Thugonomics. Like, this is like the beginning of heel rapping. He's not even Thugonomics yet. He's still oh, right. wearing he his like rapping. he's still wearing his like shorts and you know color shorts, but he just started freestyling. Gotcha. Now. Yeah. And Bull Buchanan is like his uh ah, his little lackey. Remember, remember that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot the little. He has like a rapper name. I oh, don't say little when it comes yeah. to Bull Buchanan because he won't like that. 
Uh, That's why he got the name. <laughs> Holy crap. See, I love that you're going back through the network and watching yeah, this stuff. That's yeah. great. Uh, Enjoy the crap out of it. But, um, yeah, uh, so that's where you are. And where we are in the world, uh, episode 87 kind of came along just out of, out of the blue, out of nowhere, like the RKO says. Um, and Supremacy, Big Ugly. We, we had Supremacy sightings. I, I went down to the, uh, to the pain factory, and I was asked to moderate, uh, you know, Supremacy Summit, where they all, you know, pretty much came together, TJ and Mr. Jones and Dark Horses. Couple were not there, you know, due to whatever they're doing, you know. Uh, but, you know, because hashtag Pat and Violet, gotta love them. But, wow, did they all have conversations and there's power struggles and, and people, you know, coming in on each other, turning on each other. And when the Board of Independent Professional Wrestling comes back, man, they are gonna, it's gonna blow up. It's gonna be crazy. Um, so we had a, uh, a first part of the interview on the Facebook page, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Then we had on all the audio portion about an hour and then they had an interview following up with that did you get to see any of that uh, cm i caught bits and pieces of bits it and I'll, be pieces. A, I'll be honest i didn't see any of the facebook thing i'm not even sure what that is so uh you know, oh that's out. right hashtag uh, no hashtag. right so uh sorry but uh yeah yeah no i mean it's always fun to hear uh, tj and see what that that whole group's doing so uh, Do you, you, know, you know uh actually um uh, it's a big grizzly o of the dark horses was actually taking a more uh, pro-dominant role like he's the man now All right. and so I don't know if it's TJ's not really passing the torch big o, uh, grizzly o trying to take it from big o oh. uh, <laughs> but uh, and and you got um tomahawk just laying in the weeds because he's the one that's actually the Maryland champion right now and he's uh, he's just kind of sitting back waiting. I don't know if he's right, ready to take over or what he's doing, but um, Dark Horses have been together forever. And then you got Mr. Jones that just like to run in on everything. Um, yeah. I tell so, you, it's, gotta love pro wrestling. It, yeah, I mean, it's cool to see like these independent guys too, you know, I mean, because they can't perform really right now. In, yeah, it's in hard. A lot, yeah. a lot of cases and stuff. So, you know, to take advantage and, and do things to, you know, yeah. make sure people remember, hey, you know, we're still here. Don't forget about yeah. us. And, and uh, get you kind of back in on the action and everything, man. It's yeah. it, it's awesome to have that. That's know? pretty cool. So. And Big Ugly, you'll remember, you know, one of our highest rated episodes ever, probably still, is the Supremacy episode, the first one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had all of them on here at the same time. What a cluster yeah, that, that was. was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was crazy, man. I know how to handle that. Right in the middle of what? Right in the middle of everything, but and we've had them all on individually uh, as well, um, and we appreciate everybody, uh, you know. But it's just great that this we can do this too during you know these these times where COVID is kind of being swept under the rug right now, no pun intended. Um, but it's it's not at the top of the news. It's just kind of I hope people are paying attention because right now with everybody getting it's colder, so not a lot of people going to want to dine outside, and we're coming up to Thanksgiving and Christmas and Halloween. A lot of people like to coordinate <laughs> during those times so y'all be careful out there just be be safe social distance wear a mask and you know just change up your plans this year. we got to talk about pro wrestling it's coming up i mean supremacy is kind of pro wrestling yeah, yeah they're definitely it's pro. kind of pro wrestling um i'm gonna throw some words out there some we're gonna do some name association and we just we just talk about it instead of kind of going through results like we've done before um you know, because Clash of Champions happened, we could go through the results, but you can watch the WWE Network. We be don't honest, have to. I'll be honest, I don't even remember Clash of I, Champions. I so. can't. <laughs> I, I just can't. I don't. Um, I was still wondering when it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away at freaking 65 years old with throat cancer. That sucks, too. I'm sorry about that. That's just terrible. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. So I, I've never been a Van Halen fan. Like, I, I just wasn't familiar with their music. But I did watch... Some of his guitar solos, like, yo, this guy was crazy. He could rip, guitar. man. Yeah. Dude, it, I, like, and if you liked uh, Beat It from Michael Jackson, man, he, he was. did a guitar solo on that. Yep. Oh, he did that? Oh, that's him. Yeah, oh, sure shoot. Okay. Yep. 
Like he did that like free, uh, just just because he like he like Michael on. Yeah, that's wild. Okay, yeah. Yeah. he's uh, see. I always thought that was Slash because I know sometimes when Michael Jackson performed, he uh, had yeah, Slash yeah, yeah. perform with him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, it was, it was Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, it was Van Eddie. Van Halen, yep. And uh, you know, if you're a Bill and Ted fan, you know you've got to get Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> right there, it is. Yeah, that's, it. that's right. Okay, we got to talk about pro wrestling. Um, Roman Reigns. So the World just, Series. Let, no, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. It's the Dodgers and the Rays, okay, in the World Series, and it's happening. And there's come fans in the stadium, but that's okay. Roman Reigns. Let's just start with him, big ugly. When I say Roman Reigns, at this day and age, at this time, what's happening with him? What do you know? What have you seen? What do you think? I mean, I've seen everything, okay. and I love it, man. I love the Roman Reigns character. I love the past match that he had. I think that was Class of Champions, right? When he had with uh, the Jay- first match with Jey Uso, yeah, Jey Uso, yeah, which was the main event. Yes, right. I enjoyed that match. I enjoyed some of the Rocky Four symbolism in the match. <laughs> like, I, I, I just love, and I like, I like, I like this Roman Reigns. I like the pairing with him and Paul Heyman. I think it's good. I think <clears throat> they're playing good off of each other. <clears throat> I'm sorry. But Go yeah, ahead. I'm I'm a huge I'm a I'm a huge fan right now. Yeah. Got of it. What they're doing. With so you it. like the story with uh, Jay Uso? You like the tribal chief thing, head of the table, everything? You like uh, it's, it's captivating television when you get to see it. You want to watch the whole thing. You're not jumping through stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. When it comes to yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing every every week. I'm looking forward to seeing what what Roman is doing. How yeah. often have we said that in the last four <laughs> years? Not. Too not, often, yeah, not often. But not not the same. Roman Reigns, you know, he always gave us you know quality stuff in the ring because he always worked hard. And yes, he went through his battle with uh, you know leukemia and everything like that. Bad stuff, bad stuff. And he came back, and it was very. But now it's so intriguing, you know. And this is what had to happen: leukemia and COVID had to happen to make Roman Reigns relevant. It's it, the storyline itself is nothing really new. No, you know, to professional family, but. Yeah. But it's fresh. Yeah. The way it's being done is totally fresh. And for once in the last five years, like I actually feel like Roman Reigns is the face of the WWE. Yeah, man. Right. Like all of a sudden, yeah. like he not only is he he's the tribal chief of yeah. the uh, yeah. WWE, you know. So it's and, it's amazing. And I think it's also just captivating, as you said, that he could be having this. And and Jay Uso isn't some top guy in the company. You know, I mean, he, here's a tag team guy. You know, yes. and yet we're still captivated by this storyline. It's still great. You know what I'm saying? And it's still somewhat believable that the way this is being presented and the way Roman Reigns is approaching it, that Jay Uso can actually make an argument here, that he can make a good fight. You know, will he ever become the WWE Universal Champion? More than likely not, but they are suspending disbelief in a way in the storyline that makes you believe that Roman's going to give him just enough rope, you know, before he ends up hanging himself. But man, Jey Uso is impressive. I got to give it to him, boy. He's holding his own with this big storyline with big segments and big pay-per-view main events. I mean, it it makes sense. When When you go back and think about it, though, it makes sense that... Jay or he probably Jimmy could probably have filled this role if it was if the roles were reversed. Both of them can talk. Like they've proven that when they faced the New Day, you know, when they had the rap battles and all that kind of stuff. You know, both of them are characters. Both of them have personalities. You know, so sure. I mean, you got to pick one though. It's got. I think it's Jimmy. But go ahead. Right. So, but you know, the cards were dealt the way they were. Sure. Jimmy's hurt. Jay wasn't. Jay filled in, and I mean, and Jimmy's take- still kind of making run-ins. You know, he's not yeah, yeah, yeah but fighting but like, wrestling. Go but ahead. like, I, but it's like you know, we think about the Usos, like you said, uh, Big Ugly. Like they're tag team guys, right? right? They're specialists. But reality is, like you know, when you really go back and think about it and break it down, like 
it does. It makes sense that these guys could probably do it on their own, you know, and be serious yeah. guys yeah. and all. So it's awesome to see them get a chance, or yeah. well, at least Jay get a chance. Yeah, and, and what a chance it is. I mean, it's extremely captivating, and they are coming up to uh, Hiak. Hiak! Hell in a Cell, one of the three Hell in a Cell matches. And normally Hell in a Cell is a blow-off kind of thing. Um, this might be. I'm not sure how long they're going to drag this particular story out or switch it out for Jimmy if he gets better or when he gets better. But I'm absolutely intrigued to see Roman Reigns and Jimmy, uh, Jey Uso and Hell in a Cell. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I cannot yeah. wait yeah. for the Universal Championship. And one more thing before we jump on to the next topic. Paul Heyman's role in all of this. With him, him and Brock Lesnar, who actually, as of August 31st, is no longer officially signed to the WWE right now. Um, but it's just, I think it's a matter of timing. Uh, you know, it'll the right opportunity, um, a live crowd, whatever. We talked about the sport. Yeah. But his role with Paul, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman was the voice. Yeah. Standing next to, side by side. Now, he's standing behind Roman Reigns and basically... He's there to promote whatever Roman is saying and doing. Do we like this for Paul Heyman, Big Ugly, being more of an advisory role as instead of the voice? I, I like it. I think that I think that it gives a better. I, I think it gives a different take for Paul Heyman. Yeah. And like the other thing is that you know I felt like when he was the advocate for Brock Lesnar, you know, a lot of yelling. He was loud, you know, boisterous. But with Roman, he's a little more subdued and calm. And I think it adds like you know a different you know type of a uh, variety to his to Paul Heyman's character. True. So that yeah. we're not just getting the same Paul Heyman all the time. Whenever he reinvented he's with himself with him, correct, right. which exactly. is great, fresh. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Hashtag Jericho for reinventing himself. Right, right. We'll he's, get to that. Go ahead. Yeah, he's he's not just being Paul Heyman for Roman Reigns as opposed to Paul Heyman for Brock Lesnar. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's a totally different character at yeah. this point, but he's still Paul Heyman. You know? Yes. So, you know, right. He still carries that about him. Yeah. It's, it's still knows how to promote even it, if it's yeah. quietly. Right. I mean, everything about this has been done perfectly, and it, and it feels like it feels like Paul Heyman was involved in the creative portion of this. I hope, yeah, I hope so. You know, so like that, that's the other thing too, you know, like, I mean, cause whatever Paul Heyman does creatively usually works. Whether sure. WWE goes forward with it or not, totally separate situation. But right. in this case, like, you know, it feels like his fingerprints are all over it and, and everything about it is just has been spot yeah. worn so far. Yeah. That's great. And I love it too. And it's totally, he is a heel. He is 100. We thought it might have been tweening it. And he's kind of treating it not as a traditional heel. He's letting his actions speak for him. It's quiet, like you said, Big Ugly. And it's like, it, it doesn't have to be overblown or yelled or said. Yeah. But it's heel. It's totally, it's not anti hero. It's heel. You know, he yeah. does enough to grasp you as, like, this is the bad guy. But we love that he's the bad guy. It yeah. totally works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he's the perfect bad guy in the sense that, you know, when you look at all great villains, they all believe that they're doing what's right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And yeah. so sometimes in wrestling, you just get a lot of villains that's just like, they just want to be bad for the sake of being bad. Right. You know what I'm saying? But with Reigns, it's like he tries to paint himself as if, like, from his perspective, it's he's the right in thing the to right. do. Like, right. what's wrong with you? He's like gaslighting people. You know what I'm saying? Like, his own family. And so it's like, that is the perfect heel. Like, that's right. great. Yeah. Right. So watch SmackDown. That's where he ended up on the draft. That's where he is. And, and he is basically, and SmackDown is uh, going gangbusters overall right now, actually, on the Fox networks. It's like being viewed twice as much as Raw is, which makes sense. 
Um, but uh, because Raw has gone underground. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Speaking of, uh, real quick, interjecting. Go Raw ahead. Underground. Is Raw Underground over? I feel like on the last Raw, it was not. Uh, uh, the last two, the actually. last two, yeah. And I, I read something where they said like it's kind of been quietly nixed yeah. for the time being. So oh. They're not yeah. dismissing that it ever happened, but they're just not actively doing it right now. Gotcha. Because yeah. I was like, and then I noticed the, uh, the big bodyguard dude is now with AJ Styles yep. that yeah, used yeah. to like run the front. Yeah, which is cool though, man. What a what an interesting thing that was. Yeah, if you yeah. saw it on SmackDown, he looked like at seven feet four, or whatever it is, and walking out with AJ, because AJ doesn't need anybody to talk for him or do anything either. Yeah. But it's nice to him to have a heater, especially at yeah. give Appar- something AJ fresh to do. Apparently, that guy's pretty green in the ring. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, he uh, hasn't had a lot of time to work in the ring if he's always been doing his bodyguard in the door, like right, on TV. Right, yeah, so yeah. that, but he's big. Yeah, um, and, uh, and uh, uh, Yabba Dabba Kato or whatever his name is. Uh, he got, uh, <laughs> Yabba Dabba. He, he got drafted. Though, I think the Raw too. He did the the, uh, the whole thing. So he and he was one of the Dabba Kato. He was one of the Raw Underground guys. Really? Whatever, okay. Yeah, so, so I think they've kind of just said, Psh, yeah, kind of killed it. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think we talked about Raw Underground. I enjoyed it. I just felt like they never. Gave us like a purpose or they like where it was going, yeah. Yeah. but I felt like if they had actually come up with a story for Raw Underground, I think it was intriguing, like the concept. Um, but yeah, I think part of it might have been too, and and this is purely speculation, but because of the COVID outbreaks and stuff, like there was nothing separating the people around the, uh, the you're right the mat. From and they the, weren't wearing masks. The no, there was really nothing right, happening. Right, Unlike when they're in the the performance center, there's at least the plexi around the you know for the yeah. stars sure. that are around the uh, outside. So and most people are wearing have, masks if they are in the crowd. Right. So, so I think that might have had something to do with it too. Could have been. Could have been. Um, hey, just uh, real quick, you guys brought up Brock Lesnar and all. Brock. Just uh, to kind of go along with the whole thing, where he's probably not under contract with WWE at least for the time being, he is going to be on the newest uh, EA UFC uh, four. He's going to be a playable character. Wow! Yeah, just announced. So, nice. um, so yeah. So I guess because he doesn't have a contract with WWE, his likeness is available. For of course. Things, so I, I'm pretty sure, like his active career in UFC, I don't think he needs to do that anymore. I think he's no, done more than enough there. <laughs> But, I mean, at his age, I mean, he's, you know, almost mid-40s now. At his age, you know, he should just take the big paydays. He loves the business, and he loves doing business uh, just in his pace, which is fine. Let, but you need – he was getting stale. We, we were talking about that. Absolutely. wasn't working. Yeah. So give him a chance to – now, I think, and we're just going to cap off this Roman Reigns situation, because Heyman went with Reigns. This is a perfect setup. For maybe even WrestleMania, if it happens, for Brock Lesnar to come back by himself as a face, you know, not kind of against why Heyman, why did you discard me or whatever the case may be. I want my championship back that I, you know, shouldn't have lost because I wasn't, you know, whatever. He could come back as a face. Never cut a freaking promo, please. But that's what I'm <laughs> saying. That's And he doesn't need anybody to second for him. Just come out and just start bashing people. That's all I need. So let me ask a question about Lesnar, him coming back. Brock. So, do you? But do you feel like like we were talking about him being stale before? Do you feel like Lesnar needs to reinvent himself when he comes back, or can he just be the beast again? Like, will that still work, or will we just immediately feel like oh, I don't want to see this? You know, because for so long Brock rode the UFC real fight kind of train. You know, for the last like you know six or years, and even having a fight with like Mark Hunt in between then to like you know still prove his legitimacy. But now you know we don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Does Brock need to do something different? I, I personally don't think so. I think he just needs a crowd. 
he needs a reaction when he's okay. out there because he's yeah. a, he's a special attraction. He'll get a pop if he if he runs in right in a, in a real crowd, especially if they keep him away for a while. Yeah, you know, yeah. let 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 the Brock Lesnar thing just kind of go by the wayside yeah. and then bring him in in a special event and you know be as a surprise and. But he he needs that crowd to pop him. Gotcha. You know, when he was at WrestleMania this past year with you know the no crowd and everything, it was like, eh, okay, yeah, no right. big deal. Yeah. And plus, it was a five just, minute squash match, so I mean, it was right. It's just another guy, you know. So. Yeah. So and to to cap on that, um, needs a crowd. But I think if he gets away from the the UFC fight shorts and the fact that he was uh you know a kind of a complimentary UFC fighter get him back to pro wrestling boots pro wrestling shorts you know get him back to being a pro wrestler which is what made him popular in the first place in WWE and have him come back and do that run in in front of that live crowd and have him you know just situationally don't waste him don't you know spare him and don't have him come in and beat Reigns for the title right away if you want let him fight over several occasions with a new contract and let it let that story develop because that could be a great story too Especially with Heyman at the helm? Holy crap. That would be awesome. Never let Brock Lesnar say a word, though. <laughs> but that's what we yeah. need to do. Um, so, yes. So, let, let, let's the uh, the head of SmackDown. Let's talk about the head of Monday Night Raw. The WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. So, Drew and Randy are going at it still. Nothing wrong with Randy Orton. Love Randy Orton. Of course, everything that he does turns to gold. Wonderful. Um, I think we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about the ambulance match the last time on the uh, on the podcast. How it was uh, a lot of run-ins on Drew McIntyre's part on his side that actually had to put Randy in the back of the ambulance, and that's yeah. how that ended. And it's keep on going. I think we we talked about that briefly with the legends, maybe. Yeah, the legends. I think we talked about, or because the legends were coming in on Monday Night Raw at that point in time, because um, they were all getting taken out by yeah. Randy Orton. So we have Heok, Hell in a Cell, number two. Um, <laughs> And it's uh, Drew and Randy for the WWE Championship. So I'm going to start with you, CM Funk. When I say Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton, what are you thinking? Over it. Okay. Like Too I, much? I love Drew. I love Randy, but it's dragged on too long. I think it over has overstayed its welcome at this point. Um, maybe Hell in a Cell it, blow off. Yeah, I, and, you know, I'm okay with, the, with Hell in a Cell being part of this. I just wish it would have happened... As an earlier match or an earlier bout between the two, because it's it, Hell in a Cell is supposed to be a big match feel, and it's supposed to end, you know, feuds basically. And sure. All. And while this will do that, yeah, we've already been through this, and Randy Orton has yet to beat Drew McIntyre. So why is Randy Orton still getting you know opportunities at this point? You know, because he's Randy Orton. He actually well, right, addressed that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I totally understand. But <laughs> that's I, I, his just, logic. I mean, this is what the third straight pay per view that the two of them have uh, wrestled. Like, yep. All right. Yeah, that's well. Had they split it one and one ahead of time, I'd be invested in Hell in a Cell. But because it's all been all Drew, I'm like, whatever. Like uh, Randy could win, and it's not going to like get get me excited. You know. So before I go to Big Ugly on both of those, do you feel like you said it doesn't matter what happens at this point? Does Randy finally get over, or does Drew continue as the dominant? Because he is the face of Monday Night Raw. He is doing a great job at it. I, what do you I, think? I. I, I feel like Drew has to win to get continue giving him legitis- legitimacy as the WWE champion without the crowd being there. Okay. And uh, like if there was if there was a crowd, you could rebuild him and you could have the the fans behind him, but right now you just don't know. Like he's got to stay as that dominant guy and I, to me you have to build him and the Fiend at WrestleMania next year. Okay. If they're going to be the raw, I mean Fiend obviously is going to be the raw heel going forward. Well, 
maybe we'll not. get maybe, to that. Yeah, yeah, I say maybe not, but obviously. But it feels like he would be the heel and Drew would be the face, and the two of them would inevitably meet in a, in a major matchup. So yeah. To me, that's a wall, uh, WrestleMania type main event. So let's go to Big Ugly. I'm and we com- say these two completely names. in agreement. <laughs> okay. I'm over. I feel like just like CMF just said, ran ran this course. Uh, um, overstayed. You know, it's welcome. Just like the uh, Seth Rollins or Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Storyline, and that's still going because they both got drafted to the same damn brand. (laughs) Damn it! But um, I I think it was interesting at first. I I feel like the last match that they had, this ambulance match, that was good enough for me. They could have just ended it, have Drew move on, Randy move on. Um, I mean, that should have been the blow off. You you brought back all the legends that were part of the build up ahead of time. Yeah, that should have been the blow off. Yeah, that should have been it. Right. Right. Everybody got their their revenge on Randy for what he did. All those dastardly acts. And then that was it. Yeah, that that could have legitimately legitimately been the blow off. Yeah. that could have been it. Um, I don't know if if you put an ambulance match up against Hell in a Cell. Um, you know, as far as the magnitude of either match, um, Hell in a Cell, I guess to them is a little bit bigger on a little little bit bigger of a stage. Maybe that's why. I I get where you guys are coming from. So it's a little do, too much. I have a ahead. question, uh, and I'm sure you're going to answer your thoughts on it. But where do you go from Drew McIntyre after Randy Orton? Like, what is the next heel? For Drew McIntyre on this brand, I don't think the I don't think it's the fiend yet. Yeah, and that's I, what I'm saying, right? Not yet. Like you yeah, can't no, jump I, right I, from yeah. one to the other. Yeah. No, that's what I said. They build him for WrestleMania. That's yeah. still six months away. Yeah. Know, at this point, so. Um, I I I I believe it's it's gone too far. They could have timed this out a little differently. Now, this is interesting. We're talking about fan reaction. Does this storyline continue in this way if we have fan reactions? Because I don't think. As, as, as much of a reaction as Roman Reigns would be getting as the top heel on SmackDown, whether it's face heel, it, he'd be getting a hell of a reaction. The reaction for this, at this point in time, in a live crowd, I think would be dying off. Oh, hell yeah. I don't think it, there would be too much. I think this would be a mid-card match, if anything else, for the WWE Championship. I, 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 I to- totally agree. Like, I, I really think they would have split the first two matchups that they had, SummerSlam and Clash of Champions. I think without a question, had there been fans there? Because they would have gotten a reaction. They would have been able to gauge which way they needed to sure. steer. And Randy Orton was so hot, you know, with everything he's been doing, you know, uh, up until this point, let's yeah. say. He's been red hot. He's been the best Randy Orton I've seen in 10 years, probably. You know, and I think the fans would have would have been excited for that. You know, whether, whether they were behind Orton or behind Drew, there would have been some... You know something there to like carry the good guy versus bad guy thing. Sure. Right now, like it's lost. Even their promos right now are as generic as you can yeah, possibly I was get. Thinking the same. Thing. Yeah, you know, like you know, I'm coming to get you because that's what I'm supposed to do. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what, he, what he's saying. Like, I, there's I mean, no substance no, to it anymore. And, and there was to start. Yes, there was. But they've blown through it all. So it feels like they just they didn't know what to to big all these point. They didn't know who was next. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Who's next? Right. Goldberg uh, on the. On the WWE Thunderdome, um, no, you, you're right because they because they have no fan reaction to steer. They're they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do. They've got blinders on. I mean, they could look at TV ratings. Yeah, they could look at segment ratings. They could look at social media follow, but that's not gonna drive storylines. None of that stuff is. That you know, Vince or whoever's booking that show has got something in his head. He's gonna go through with it, and or they're gonna go through with it, and then they're gonna jump onto something. Um, and whether it works or not, that's not for us to say because we like something and they change it. Or if we don't like something, they keep doing it for six years. But it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think, I think if Drew wins the blow-off, 
does that take away from Randy Orton doing his best Randy Orton stuff, especially inside Hell in a Cell, which Randy Orton has been in seven times, which they've made very clear, and Drew's never been in? Or, here's the other side of this, which you guys might not like, if Randy does win, and he wins clean as you can in Hell in a Cell, does this now change the story around for Drew to fight back in a rematch situation and, and keep this storyline going for however long it's going to go with Randy on top and Drew fighting up from Listen, underneath? You feel give, me? Given what they've done you feel with, me? with this Mysterio and Rollins oh, thing, oh, this I would not forever. doubt that that could be exactly what's going to happen. Just um, like, oh, it's a different story. You know, yeah. we're telling it in a different way. Because just like you guys were talking about with the fan reaction, you don't have the fan <laughs> reaction to tell you that this is dead. Right. right. You and you don't have saying? the slur- slur- slurping merchandise sales at um, live events or anything right. like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? None of those indicators are present. Yeah. You know. So they're just going to keep going. But yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you know, we've said all this stuff. The Let's only thing that does make sense, the only actual finish that makes sense is for Randy Orton to win at Hell in a Cell. Right. Like, I mean, otherwise but, otherwise it's completely pointless, and they were literally were just trying to fill time because they right. didn't have anything else. And that would, unfortunately, I hate to say it this way, but that would sort of bury Randy Orton at this point. Because he is such a legend and a legendary character and so good at what he does. If he just, I don't say lays down, it's not going to be that. It's going to be a good fight, I think. You know, the, the match is going to be a good fight. But if he lays down and goes down, gets pinned or whatever the case may be, where does Randy Orton go from there? Right, exactly. Nowhere. Nowhere. He's got nothing. <laughs> he takes that. a break and comes back at the Rumble as a, as a surprise character or something. I don't know. Right. I mean, the only, way, the only way to me that Randy Orton really could lose at Hell in a Cell that makes sense is for Edge to return and cost him. Which can happen. To continue the Edge Orton, you know. Oh, yeah. Which, unfortunately, didn't get the real payoff it was supposed to get right. by having it at WrestleMania. The greatest live, wrestling match right. ever. And, well, and having the, just the live WrestleMania event like they were supposed they to They could have. build back up to that right. if they but do they it again. they could build it back up. So, like, to me, that's the only way that it that Orton loses this, yeah. even though the thing has passed, has passed its expiration yeah. date at this point. Like, I hear you. Whole it's, but, uh... Hell in a Cell, you know, watch it. It's coming up on the WWE Network. I'm going to throw out one more, um, just Hell in a Cell match real quick. So we have Sasha Banks and Bayley, uh, who have finally split after all this time. Uh, and that's for the SmackDown Women's Championship? Yeah, it's for Bayley's title. Yeah. Right. Okay, because I believe Asuka is still the yeah, champion Asuka's on the other champion. side. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She so, beat uh, Lana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. Right. Yeah, well, Jesus. man, I was, no, I was, that ca- whole I was thing. captivated by that. <laughs> I was captivated by the fact that they gave Lana basically two minutes to say adios and go out either to ADW with her husband or just nowhere because she's done. Lana's done. You think so? Oh, yeah, she's done. There was no reason for the, her, her to win that match on the one raw, build her up to be a legitimate challenger for the, the women's championship and get crushed. Like, there's no I reason I mean, could they, could, they, could they just be trying to further the storyline between her, her and Charlotte? Uh, not Charlotte, uh, Natalia? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't think so because I think that nothing, no, no, nobody cares about Natalia. Nobody cares about so, Lana. So, well, I mean, <laughs> either. But, I mean, that was a vehicle to bring Nia Jax back in uh, and, and Shayna Baszler, I think, because that's what happened at the end of that match. Sure. Um, but, anyway, uh, I'm going to say one word here. I'm going to say retribution. And I'm going to look at your reactions. Terrible. And I'm <laughs> Big Ugly, we'll start with you. <laughs> I hate everything about Retribution. <laughs> did so, you ever like it at all with anything they ever did? I think I think when they when it first happened, I was intrigued. 
you know, so all right, they're tearing up stuff. It reminded you of Nexus, whatever, you sure. know, but it was like, hmm, what could this be? Right, right. I think as it went on, it, it got kind of campy and hokey, and then it just really got bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you started realizing who was in it, you know, and it just being like, some disgruntled NXT people it's like I don't know like that took some of the legitimacy away from it and they gave um, him a name and a theme music and yeah his, uh, a name a theme contracts. music right it, it, it's like when they came in they it's like what they tried to start off doing was what the NWO did back in the day right yeah. but yeah. it's like the NWO did it right and it kept it going for a while you know and it, it's just bad and then <laughs> then it got on these they got on these like Halloween masks it just got so hokey with the names. T Dog, T Bar, T Bar, right? And then, um, and then, when you throw in Mustafa Ali, I'm sorry, he's not the guy that can give that kind of a group legitimacy. You know, I feel like this is a group that needed somebody like a like a Seth Rollins or something yeah. that would provide more intrigue and like more legitimacy. Taking somebody that you've tried to push multiple times and has just gotten nowhere, and then sticking him as like the face of it. I'm sorry, it's like why Mustafa Ali? Yeah, I mean it could have been, it could have been, it could have been, it had to be right. It could have been freaking Daniel Bryan. It, they needed a, a a lister, as Stephanie McMahon would say. Yeah, so that's it. And so Retribution also had their first legitimate tag team match oh. and <laughs> lost. <laughs> And, like, what? All the build, all the, you know, and now they're just buried and they're mid card right. buried. I mean, these are the guys that was jumping people and, and beating down some of the top stars. Yeah. And then they, they actually start getting matches and they can't pull it off. Right. <laughs> and then I don't like the fact that they're and lost with clean. The, hurt, the hurt business. And that's I th- hurting. I think that the that's hurt hurting business. the hurt business. Exactly. The hurt business to me was at the top of Raw. Like, they, you were watching Raw, see what these guys were doing. And, and, Putting them in a, with retributions, it's a downgrade for them. I'm sorry. Amen. It's, it's they, bad. they are open CM. for business, however. Yeah. <laughs> Her business is open for business. I, so I, I've got three things regarding retribution. Okay. One, I refuse to capitalize any of the letters in the word retribution. <laughs> all right. It's all lowercase for me. Wow. Two, I actually like the Mustafa Ali uh, reveal. I've got I, I've the got reveal no, was good. I've got no problem with that. I think he could be. I think the leader he could of the make them, le, yeah, legitimate. Yeah, no, and that's all they're ever going to be. They're yeah. never going to be the top of uh, the top deal. They're not going to be Nexus because that's his, to me. Forget NWO. They're not. They're not even on the same yeah. plan as, as NWO. But that's the problem, though, is that they presented them like they were going to be sure at the top. But sure. we all know that's not the case. So because <laughs> they were in the main events, they were messing up the main events. They yeah. were yeah, all that stuff. Nexus, Nexus, on the other hand, had a chance to go either way and just be a bunch of mid card guys or become you know main eventers. Which Wade Barrett did, you know, Daniel Bryan did, um, Ryback did, you know, uh, Husky Harris was part of Nexus. He's obviously become, you know, so these guys have actually had careers and these guys were worth it. And, you know, they they did made the right choices. Retribution? Nah, I'm not feeling it. So, and then my third thing, okay, poor Mia Yim. All right, I, I mean, Reckoning. I'm sorry for those that, you know, not realize yeah. that that's Mia She's Yim. She's so freaking um, talented. Yeah. Can I? Can somebody explain to me why she runs off when anybody else comes out and she can't be part of the melee or stand at ringside with the rest of her team? She, I don't know if anybody noticed, but she was there on Raw at the opening, and she was there with Retribution and all that. And then when the Hurt Business came out, and all of a sudden you knew there was going to be an eight-man tag match, she left. She wasn't even at ringside. 
Why? What, what, right. right. What, what's what's the point? She, if she can't fight the guys, she can't be China. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's, I, I, that, right, because you think, give her a China role. Yeah. That makes complete sense. I mean, Mia Yim can go in the ring. Like, yeah, she, she could can. hold her own. Or, hey, this gives you a great opportunity for the Hurt Business to bring a woman in. Amen. You know, you know, Naomi whoever, or something. Right, whoever it might be. You know, but this gives a great chance for that. You know, even up the odds, that kind of thing. There's story there. But, but she just... And she hasn't had a chance to do anything. And they got rid of... Um, uh, Mercedes Martinez, yeah. the, the other uh, woman, she she went back to NXT apparently. Yeah, and she's uh, so like climbing up in the women's division there. Right, and it was like, all right, yeah, I don't know. It's just at the Capital Wrestling Center. Yeah, I'm not not a fan of Retribution either. Sorry. I do like the Mustafa Ali, Ali thing, but otherwise, I could care less. Retribution, how about that? Um, and let's uh, cap off this name association with uh, we we kind of touched on it, uh, the Fiend and or Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. Let's uh, start with you this time, CM Funk. Dude, absolutely love everything going on with the Fiend. They are f- they are getting back to where the Fiend needed to be before they screwed him all up with red lights and everything like that. And the Ale- Alexa Bliss, oh my God, dude, she is absolutely perfect as like the demented Minnie Mouse or whatever she's supposed to be because like she is freaking like uh, off the chain and she does the Sister Abigail better than uh, Bray Wyatt. Does, oh, she does way, too. So. <clears throat> Uh, fantastic. Love, absolutely love everything about it. So How about the uh, Kevin Owens storyline right now? Is there one? Is it Kevin Owens? Is it? Is it? Is that what I thought was, it was him? Because it was, uh, she, they were on the KO show. It was, but then he and went he, back to, he but good. he went to SmackDown. Oh, I'm right. Draft. So drafting. Okay, right. so that's that's over. Right. Now he, Fiend showed up for in the middle of Retribution, and looks like he's going to be the one to feud with Retribution going forward. I, I hope he squashes all of them. Uh, because the fiend is so no, much bigger. because they showed up for him, right? Wasn't he out there? Right. No, he they, was out there, and they, they showed him. up. Right, right, right. They him and Alexa him. just stood there and didn't do anything. Right, and, and then the lights, lights went off, off and they were right. gone. Yeah, they were. And then he showed up in their corner. Right at the end of the uh, eight man tag and band. trashed him. Yeah, huh? after they lost. Right. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. didn't get shit on that show. They yeah. they lost clean, and then the fiend took them all out. Right, which is great. I, I love. It. How about you, Big Ugly? Like the fiend, like Alexa Bliss. Uh, I know uh, you like Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I, I mean, I love, I love the whole combo. I love the way that they built Alexa to get into the point that she's with the fiend and her, like you know, having the the uh, she would hear a word and then she would snap and stuff like that. I, I love it. And do you it. like the face turn because that's that's actually what's happening here because of what they're putting them up against. Do you like that? I mean, you you say it's a face turn. I would say so. What? All right. So what's making you feel like it's a face by turn? by association? Just by who they're putting them up against. Because right now, if they were putting them up against like a heel, then that would make you know, or oh, I'm sorry, a face and doing dastardly stuff. But right now, nobody's liking Retribution, and they're bringing the Fiend in to counterbalance. But that. at the same time, that would almost. But then you have to say that they're making the Hurt Business a face team as well, and they're they're not. No, but I think they were trying that. They were getting over, even though there was no fans. But then what? They'll they'll do something heelish to kind of pull that back. Like they'll attack somebody backstage, or you know, something like that. Yeah, I, I think the fiend is almost like that anti um, anti hero, okay. anti hero okay. type thing. You know, where you know he's he adapts to whatever you put him right, in. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's like he. You know, he looks like a face, but or well, he looks like a heel, but yeah. he's acting face like. You know, but it's not because he is a face. It's just. It's just whatever like, situation like, he's in. Like Dirty Mike said, it's the situation they put him right. in. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's not a face turn. Maybe it's just it, this is the situation he's in right, right now. Right. Yeah. I definitely don't want him to be a face. I don't think that it's that time. I, I don't even know if that character should ever be a face. Can't. I mean, <laughs> well, you know what? I, you know, I often thought that too. But then I go back and I think about like The Undertaker. 
And Undertaker, like his first two years in the WWE, he was nothing but a heel. He was straight heel against Hogan, against all the good guys and everything. But the fans were over for him. Yeah. Like, and, you know, and that was that was the thing with Taker. And you couldn't help but say, all right, they're all cheering for him. Well, let's kind of make him a, a face, even though he's we're not going to really make him a face, but he is a face. You know? Right, right. Think about the crowd reaction of The Fiend, because The Fiend was around for a good six months before COVID hit. And Fiend, Firefly, Funhouse, yeah. bump, when the bumpers came up, hot, like over with the fans. Right. All of them. Like everything that, that Bray Wyatt did was over. Right. And just because just you're over doesn't necessarily make you a face or a True. either. You know, so, yeah. you know, kind of. But now with WWE steering the oh. ship, you know, and uh, like pointing him in whatever direction, I do think uh, that this is these two are main event players, both of them, absolutely. There's there's no mid card for these two in sight. No. Um, yeah. So that's cool. So we we getting it on, we getting it in. Let's we say we take a break. Uh, we get to the Ed Stilk interview, S T Y L C. Talk about some championship titles. Talk about pro wrestling uh, back in the day, and then when we come back. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of different things. Of course, we're going to get to Big Ugly's Hall of Fame list, however big it might be. Um, we're going to talk about the, uh, the political election happening a little bit. We're going to talk about Indigenous Peoples Day that just happened. Um, fucking changing the names. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, moving on. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the draft and maybe spin the wheel, make the deal. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue with episode 88 because that's been pretty good so far. And uh, when we take a break, we'll come back. So listen to this Ed Stilk interview and listen at the, uh, at the end. Follow him. He's good stuff. And we'll come back after that. Ed Stilk, coming right up. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that question. I'm back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. We are in mid-conversation with the one and only. He's a legendary uh, lover of professional wrestling. He's been all over the place for so many years. He's got a championship title collection we're going to talk about. He just asked me how I got into the business of professional wrestling, which I have talked about on this podcast. But I'm going to repeat it again for everybody out there. This is Ed Stilk, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Hey, happy to be on Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, man. I didn't think I was going to be doing anything we were recording, but that's cool with me. What's going on? You know what? It's what it, We were having a conversation for a good 10 minutes, and I was like, man, this is I, I, we could just talk for hours and hours and hours, but i got to get some of this recorded because our listeners are, are it's so diverse a, um, an audience that we would love to hear about wrestling. A lot of times we've been getting into talking about recently more of the independent wrestling scene which you know a little bit about and uh you know the localized wrestling scene and also talking about current wrestling which you watch some of you know some of the things that are going on like the pay-per-views yeah here and there but you started getting my mind rolling about the old school stuff we're talking civic center with baltimore maryland we're talking wwwf before they got the f out and before they got the w out so to answer your question quickly, how I got into the business, and I was talking about my uncle a little bit, my uncle Lenny, and I'm going to tag him on this podcast. You know, him and my Aunt Annette, you know, they had me watching. Uh, they had an apartment down in Dundalk, you know, old school Baltimore. Okay, I'm and from Hiletown, so we're very similar. We, there you go. And uh, had me watching uh, Saturday Night Superstation TBS at 6.05, had me watching oh, NWA. I mean, you're fine. Can I tell you something? Go for it. I grew up in Baltimore City, man. We couldn't get the Superstation. I had to get tapes sent to me. Hey, you know what? And, and VHS tape trading, that's another thing that got me, got me into this, too. Uh, we, we could talk about that for hours. 
We sure could. I mean, it's going to be a first conversation of many conversations for Ed. And, uh, you know, Mike D and Big Ugly, who's my partner on the podcast, man, he's he's all about going. I think he's into the attitude era now, but there was a couple of eras that he missed. I like the attitude era very much, actually. Nothing wrong with it. But that's how I got in. And, and when he introduced me, then I started watching myself, I think, All-American Wrestling and WWF Superstars on uh, other different channels, Channel 20 or, uh, you know, whatever it is, or USA Network once in a while. And uh-huh. I started, and I think I got the VHS tape of WrestleMania 5. That was the first WrestleMania I ever saw and I thought that was larger than life. Now I know that's a, you know, a little crappy arena in the middle of Atlantic City, which is a little crappy town mostly. They've done some work. <laughs> but I love Atlantic City. I'm not putting it down. Not wrong at all. Right. I mean, it's 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 kind of like there's a diamond in the middle of a lot of rough, but I watched that and I thought that that was the greatest thing in the world and I still remember Hogan and Savage, the mega powers exploding, and I can I can tell you vividly that that's where I you know kicked off back in '89, and I have not stopped. And that makes that makes a lot of sense. Let me, um, if you have two minutes, go for it. Background. Um, I started. Um, I used to be basically sitting in my parents' basement in <laughs> 1978, 79. Right. When Amen. I saw Valley Brothers, and I saw Ken Patera. Oh yeah. I saw this guy with this turban on named the Grand Wizard of Wrestling, <laughs> Captain Lou Albano. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I kept, you know, I've turned it on, turned it off sometimes here and there or whatever. And then, I, mean, I didn't think much of it. I was like, that's kind of funny. And then all of a sudden, I started watching it more and more. And, and for me, my year was 1980 when Larry Zbysko turned on Bruno Sammartino. Oh, wow. And, and originally... And I do. I've met Bruno. I've met Larry. Love, love, miss Bruno very, very much. And I, and I met Larry. But the thing was, is watching. This is how crazy it was for me starting as a wrestling fan. Originally, I hated Larry Zbysko as a good guy. <laughs> and and then he turns on Bruno. I'm like, this is terrible. And then all of a sudden, the way they ran that feud, Larry made it complete and total sense. I'm like, no, he's great. <laughs> so I ended up loving him. And um, I still love Bruno, too. I, mean, Bruno, I can tell you one thing. If any wrestler I've ever met in my, in my absolute life, Bruno Sammartino lived up to who he, who he was supposed to be, the legend. He was absolutely unbelievable. I was up in um, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. The very first time I met wrestlers, it was called Wrestle Reunion 2. I believe Sal Cornette ran that, I think. I can't remember. I think, I think I'm right. But anyway, um, I met Bruno, got a nice picture with him. I've done that more, more than one time. And then a buddy of mine needed a Capital Center program signed. And I'm like, i got to get this for this guy. And I had to leave. And Bruno is not doing an autograph signing right now, but I saw him. And, he, uh, yeah, he was with South Credit. That's absolutely correct. So I walk over to him. I'm like, I hate to do this. Can you sign this for me? And, and the promoter, South Credit, goes, uh, no, it's not time for this. And Bruno, this is Bruno Sammartino. I will never disappoint one of my fans. On freaking believe because here you go, done. That's fantastic. And, um, that's great. I it, love it. It is. And, he, and Bruno did more than one of those for me before. But that's we we, we could talk for hours. We sure could. That's great. And uh, 
you know, we, I, I want to talk about your championship title collection because that's actually something we I, I've got that too. I want to th- throw in one thing that you just mentioned uh, as far as meeting people. I've gotten the chance to meet a lot of different uh, professional wrestlers over my lifetime as well as a fan with autograph sessions and things like that, but also, you know, in the world of professional wrestling, independent professional wrestling, uh, a lot of guys. And the one that actually stands out the most to me at this point um, – uh, there, there's two. I mean, the Ultimate Warrior. That was actually a dream of mine. Never got to meet him, unfortunately. Wow. Let me uh, let me tell you. You'll appreciate this story. There was, uh, I think, it was WrestleMania 29, and it was in New York, I believe. Yes, right, New okay. York. The first one that was in New York, and there was a WrestleCon there, which was one of the first of its kind. You know, and um, you know, all of the vendors, all of the, the the people coming out for appearances. Ultimate Warrior hadn't done many public appearances you know for a long time and this wasn't wwe this was independent on his own and right uh the the price was extravagant but i you know what i'm getting a ticket for this i'm getting vip i'm getting in line i'm making this happen because that this was one of the guys i mean that's there's nothing that's so badass say wrestlemania 5 like ultimate warrior ravishing rick rude that's one of the things that got me into and then you know following the warrior all the way through and all the controversy and is he dead is there a fake warrior is there lawsuits and whatever but i i just had to do it and i waited a good three hours in that line i mean that's you know compared to some other things that i've done that's not bad but i when i got in there He had a couple of people working with him. It was absolutely 100% professional, and he took his time with everybody. Like, it was a couple of minutes. It's not like he just signed a picture and let you – or signed a picture or something and then just shunned you away. He actually took a minute or two. And This is a perfect story, Michael, because I swear to God – because I've met so many celebrities and things like that. Most of the wrestlers that I've met have always been like that. Always been just completely amazing. Oh, I'll give you. I'll give you a good one. I met Stan Hansen once at a bar, and um, it was it was a wrestling convention, two thousand six, and we were drinking. Of course, <laughs> whatever. But and um, talking and everything. I was getting freebie pictures with everybody at the bar, the Midnight Express. Oh, good lord, who else? Uh, Billy D, um, Mass Superstar, whatever you want to call. Him. And then um, Stan goes, yeah, I'll take a picture with you. And at the end, he goes, no, I'm just going to be a heel. And I, I, I'm not doing it. And then I met him like five years later. I was like, do you know what you did to me? And he's sitting there with uh, the late Ron Bass. I'm like, Stan, do you know what you did? I, I didn't expect him to. I was like, you you cheated me out of a photo after I bought you five beers. <laughs> and, he goes, and he goes, what, did you hear this one? And I got a freebie out of him for it. It was great. That see that that's fantastic. That's what we need to you know in the, in this world of whether it be professional wrestling in the world in general. That's just a positive thing. That's a beautiful thing. I love that. And uh, we again talking for hours on that. And the Ultimate Warrior was great with me. He, uh, he, he we I actually he shook my hand the first time. He gave that big smile and uh, he asked me my name and I told him. And then he said, "Where are you from?" And I told him, you know, down uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. He said, "Oh man." We we had some great times at the Cap Center, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that I place. I loved was... hearing that. 
And he said it like legitimately to me. He's like, we had some great times. And I said, and he actually asked me, he's like, oh, all right, we want to get a good picture. So let's do this right. And uh, he actually took the picture on my mobile device, whatever it was. And he had me check it, said, are you happy with this picture? I said, yeah, but, you know, he said, let's take another one just to be sure. I'm like, this is the unbelievable, fantastic yeah. Love it. You couldn't be more right because the first person that I ever met in wrestling was Nick Bockwinkle. All right. The former ADWA champion. That's and right. We, tried, we took a photo, and it was the first time I ever went to a, uh, a wrestling convention. And um, he goes, no, we didn't get that right. He pulled me in <laughs> and grabbed me. He goes, this is how we make the picture right. I'm like, God damn, that's pretty fucking awesome. There you go. That's all right. This is it's dirty and it's ugly. We've had plenty of you know. We we try to hold it back, you know, for once in a while. But we we get an f bomb dropped every now and again. I I, I didn't mean to do that. It's okay. But let's um let's let's switch gears here for a minute. I want to I want to get a, a sure. in- introductory conversation about your championship title collection, and then I want to I want to talk about mine a little bit. But you know Absolutely. you've had, you've had yeah we'll we'll talk about it. I, I, you've had such a history in uh, professional wrestling in and around. I want to hear you know some of the you know some of the title belts that you've collected over the years, some of the ones that you may have had or don't have anymore, and uh, you know what's in your collection now, and what do you constitute? You know what grabs your attention when collecting go ahead well that's real easy for me i'll tell you what i have now and then i'll go back okay? go for it um so you know growing up in the 70s early 80s what i have sitting i'm staring at it right now and i'll send you a picture later oh yeah i have the awa inmate these are replicas these are not the old schools but but they look just like them i have the awa inmate belt Known by Bach, Winkle, Stan Hansen, blah blah blah. I have the NWA, and the NWA uh, Dome Globe, and I'm sitting here looking at the Bob Backlund um, version that, that was destroyed by superstar Billy Graham. Um, the, I forget what they call that. And I also have the Ric Flair belt behind me, and I've held the real Ric Flair belt. The um, the the big one that I had, and I. Don't normally talk about this because I was worried about WWE saying something about it. I did own the Pedro Morales ring-used WWF belt um, that was lost somehow or another, and it got in collector's hands. Probably shouldn't be talking about this, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, nobody cares about it. Somebody in Florida owns it. But um, I had that, too, and it was the reverse eagle. If you ever looked at the one that Bob, Bruno, Bob Backlund, and everybody had, uh, the, the, the eagle was kind of reversed with the wings down. Um, and there's another good Bruno story. I, I'll throw this in real fast, is that I had it. Um, I met Bruno down in Richmond, Virginia, sec, uh, excuse me, a second time. But it's the blue one that was more the Backlund belt. And I walked up to Bruno. He goes, what are you doing with my belt? <laughs> that was just meant awesome. <laughs> oh, man. That, and that's fantastic. I have a beautiful picture with him with that. It's the last time I got to meet him, unfortunately. But wow. he was a great guy. I tell you what, I mean that that's incredible. I I love all that stuff, and my my collection is more, uh, I would say, you know, modern and up to date. But the one that I've the, the one that's been eluding I like a lot me, of the modern belts. 
Yeah, the, there's one that's been eluding me that I really want, and it's I don't I don't know what exactly you want to call it. The 1983-84 version of the green strap with the the gold circle, and it's the one I think that the Iron Sheik lost to Hulk Hogan oh, in January of 1984. Get that, I could probably get that for you to be honest. You know what? We got to talk offline because I I want that. You a pretty good replica. I, I, well, yeah, I, I'm not looking for the one that I actually... I know a guy lives in Ocean City, Maryland, who makes them, and they're really good. So, yeah, I've been I've been looking. I, I know that's one that's not normally out there for purchase, but if it's a creation it's not, replica... It's not, but you can get it. I, I, we, we got to hook up offline because I gotta, I gotta, I want to get that. That's absolutely one that I need for my collection. So here's right, while, while we're talking about belts, while we're, we're if you want to put somebody over for the replica business, go ahead. You can put it on the podcast no, if you no, want. I, no, I know, I know so many people. Good lord, I'll, I'll do that on another time. We'll talk about it. But, but um, here, here's what I have to tell you. Well, if we're gonna be speaking online here, the first. Heavyweight champ, excuse me, championship belt I ever saw change hands was in the Baltimore Arena, Baltimore Civic Center. Awesome. And it was Jake the Snake Roberts against Ronnie Garvin. And um, Jake was the national TV champion. And it, this is, if you can look this up, it is absolutely a painted belt. It's, it's, a, it's a nice belt. It, it looked just like what... Um, World Champion, excuse me, at that time, Georgia Championship Wrestling looked like. Yeah. And um, it's the first time I ever saw a title change hands. And I've had a replica before, sold it, now I'm getting another one. Because I, and I almost bought the original, but it, the guy wanted way too damn much money, so screw that. Wow. That's incredible. I but, love it. And, that- and then what's really funny is, I mean, if you, I don't know, when you started going to wrestling, as, as I did... I don't know. If, I maybe I have to look it up, and I will look it up. Maybe two, three months later, I was there when uh, Peter Santana beat Greg Valentine in, in the steel. Peter Santana, Greg Valentine, steel cage. That's great. In, in Baltimore, I was there. I saw it, and we knew something was going on. This is a good story because there were cameras everywhere, and Hogan and Piper were on. They were the main event. That's great. And um, I'm sitting there at my brother, my little brother. I'm like, there's a title changing hands. He goes, it's going to be in the cage. <laughs> That's like, great. Probably right. That's it. I, I'm sure my <laughs> uncle, my aunt and my uncle were probably there, too. I mean, because they were frequenting the Baltimore Arena. Yeah, that had to be, what, 85? I'm, I'm guessing. I'd have, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I mean that's in mid '80s for sure. I mean that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much where it was because my my heyday. I'll tell you this too. Um, my heyday was late '70s, early '80s, and then what happened was after Bob Backlund lost the heavyweight championship, and then Hogan got in, and Hogan, it was good for about a year or two. But then they brought Pro Wrestling USA to the Baltimore. This is something we're probably talking with Mike, but that's okay. That's great. Um, they brought that in, and all of a sudden, I started seeing Ric Flair and everybody else that I read in wrestling magazines, and that's something we'll talk about later. But yeah, so I kind of moved on to that, and I'll leave it at that. That's all right. Shout out to Michael Spedden, by the way, as we know him on our podcast. He's a podcaster, Got performer, it. all that kind of stuff. We're going to shout him out because he's a Foul Players Radio, absolutely. And I think uh, you and I are slated to be guests on his show as well, uh, coming up That'd in the near correct. future, which is awesome. But I, you know what? This is 
is all just running my gears. I can't wait to dig into my old VHS tapes and start watching those old house shows and things like that. Um, but I'll tell you, my collection, I mean, I started out, you know, the, the, the championship title belts. I, I got really fascinated with the fact that most of the time that they had a unique, uh, I guess, I guess a unique story about each of their own individualities and there was unique colors and unique shapes and uh unique straps and uh the fact that there's a controversy for the last 10 years whether it's belt or title or championship and i always found it so fascinating and and just the artistic value of these things um i i started way back when uh, i can't can't tell I can't tell how far I've gone back but I mean I actually have I think the first actual championship belt I bought was the deluxe replica of the Ric Flair championship the the I guess it's the world heavyweight championship not the one that's smaller and curved the one that was actually the flat plate on the front um the 25 pounds of gold or whatever that was and well, guess, well, guess what? Can I tell you something? You go for it. This. I'm going to send you a picture of it. I held in my hands, and I have a photo of me holding the Ric Flair Real World Heavyweight Championship, being the legit deal. Right. And, uh, what the, who's the guy that does the podcast? I can't think of his name right now. Um, the, um, he, does, he was doing a podcast with Flair. He's a big dude. He's a nice guy. Conrad Thompson. But, um, I, what's that? Conrad Thompson? Yes, Conrad, Conrad. I met Conrad. I was down there at the Charlotte um, NWA convention, and I'm sitting there, and um, he's a nice, he's a nice, really cool dude. Yeah, I've met him, too. He's really awesome. Yeah, Conrad had something under his, um, uh, under a blanket or something. I'm like, what the hell is that? He goes, that's Ric Flair's belt. Really? Can I see that? Yeah, here, take it. Want a picture? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course I do. And I, I have pictures to prove that one. That's fantastic. I tell you, I have... Oh, and can I tell you something? When I picked it up, I'm like, I was... Two or three of my friends down there, I go to the Charlotte NWA conventions when they have, and obviously we can't do it now because of what's going on with COVID. Yeah. But when I picked that thing up, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why am I holding that's great. I love it. That's a good thing. I can share that. I can share that photo with you for sure. Please do. Please do. I. I will. Yeah, I, will. I will. I have, except for the one that I, I told you I, that I want, that I need, that we'll talk offline. The eighty three, eighty four, uh, chic, okay. and uh, I have every car, in, incarnation of the WWF or WWE championship from then. Which actually, uh, there, there's a lot of incarnations of it, and even more so in recent years. But I do, or whether it be the the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, the World Heavyweight Championship, whatever you call it, Um, the incarnations, I have many of the former and current NXT titles, I have all of the um, TNA, when it was total nonstop action, before it became Impact Wrestling, the TNA World Championships, I have a really nice replica when it was the TNA Heavyweight Championship, that was, I I like that one a lot, and uh, I have a lot, and I have different variations. I have the 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 toy versions, not not just the uh, the little um, action figures. I'm talking about like the twenty four ninety nine, the toy that's like the felt, and you it's got a little piece of Velcro on it. Do you want do you do you want to get in into what goes on with the belts for a minute or two? I we, can tell you exactly. We can. 
I'll, I'll, I'll cap this off. I want to hear that in a minute. I, I the one thing, I, the yeah, one, yeah, most I recent one. Too much no, you're fine. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna be. I, had, I do have uh, one of the newer replicas of the AEW Heavyweight Championship, which is actually a oh, really that's nice. A nice that's a nice belt. Yeah, I, that is a nice belt. I like the fact that it's, it's big. It shows off. It is a heavyweight championship, and it is different from their other title belts, which is great. No question about it. And no the one uh, before, I want to get into you what you're talking about about the title belts, but the one that I'm actually the most proud of is. It was out for a short period of time. It was John Cena's Word Life U.S. Title Spinner Championship, and it, he had it on television for a short period of time, and then it got thrown in the trash can on the television. So, okay, I was like, okay, and you know, that was a storyline on TV. So he only had it for, but it was the, it was the American with U.S. title with the American flag, and it was a spinner, and it was a, a circle belt with circle plates and a circle spinner. And I actually ordered one from um, one of the, 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 the uh, I might have been WrestlingSuperstore.com, I think it might have been. And um, okay. yeah, I, yeah, I, I ordered a replica, but they sent me the actual full deluxe replica. I mean, this is one step down from what the actual championship title was. I was a good customer. And uh, <laughs> they oh, yeah, had, right. they said, we've got, yeah, we've got this and we've got to get rid of it because... It's not licensed anymore. We can't sell it, you know. And it's it's got There's WWE. A lot of things are not licensed anymore. That's a whole other podcast. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> so up. when they sent me that deluxe F one step down replica, I mean that's one of my po- prized possessions. And that's uh, badass. That, that is that, badass. That's really cool to hear that. So let's let's talk about what you were saying. Let's um let's uh, take it home, shall we say? With your tell me what you were going to talk about about belts, titles, championships. Go ahead. All right. Here's here's the. I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it because I'm going to go a little bit more recent. Okay. Um, do you, do you recall? I'll tell you. Now, I have a photo of this, and um, I'm 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 gonna I'm screw it. He doesn't care. <laughs> um, I once held in my hands in one night, and I have the photos to prove it. Do you recall when Eddie Guerrero and um who the hell else and Chris Benoit? Had the two belts. It was was that WrestleMania. WrestleMania twenty. They were both the. Uh, uh, I have a photo of me holding them both, the real ones. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Wow. So that's got to be the um, that's got to be the uh, the revised Ric Flair Championship, which became the WWE. You are absolutely correct. Right. That was the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, yep. and that were maybe WWE at the time. I can't remember when I, it changed the name. I can tell you where this happened because this is going to make you laugh. This happened in Columbia, Maryland, at the uh, the closest um, hotel near uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion, and um, this was a. I, I got to be real careful. Here, That's all right. A little bit about it. Uh, uh, there was a belt deal. With, for a lot of money, and um, that was two of a lot of things I saw that night. But yeah, I, I, I have a photo of me holding both. That's awesome. That's and fantastic. Was, I just, I, you know, you know I'm, I'm more of an old school guy, but I'm, I'm holding these things going, wow, this is pretty awesome. I did have the uh, that is that is extremely awesome. I did have all of the WCW championships at one time. Like they had the nice. the revised, um, you know, towards the end before they they folded. They had a they had a United uh, States sure, championship, sure. a hardcore championship, the tag team championships. When they changed their logo to that weird, oh, I got I gotta say I can't. I, mean, I know we're talking online. That, I'll I'll show you some photos. My my buddy won't care uh, or anything, but I'll show you some stuff. Yeah. 
I, I had mo- I had most of them, and they they've been spread out to friends and and other things like that. I've, I had all of the incarnations of the ECW championship titles. Um, you know, I, I just oh, I love the I love the ECW. Here's my situation while we're talking. Go ahead. That I was an old school '70s guy, '80s guy, but I went through I, into the '80s and ECW and um, the, the WWE Attitude, and that's kind of where. Where I ended was I was watching Flair's last run. And um, I mean, it doesn't mean I don't look at it sometimes. Of course I do. But um, that, that, was, that was where I was. But, you know, again, I'm 52 years old, so that's, that's kind of how it works. Wow. That's incredible. See, there's, there's so many – there are so many pockets uh, as, as far as what – and, you know, um, times in professional wrestling it all kind of blends together into one big story but there's all these different time periods there's all these different eras there's, oh man Mike, michael no question about it we're all and the other thing too yeah we're all we're all say we all love it in some way shape or form right and um and, and and again i think that while the business has evolved everybody needs to enjoy it for what it is and um I don't watch as much as I once did, but it does mean that I I get that people love it now, and I I, try, I tried my best. And uh, my wife just walked down the stairs, and she's I'm waiting for her to hear about me having my free hotel in Lancaster for the um, LCW. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see if she wants to bring it. Out. That's another. That's, that's a story. we got. That's just. Story for another time. <laughs> we got stories. Yeah, I'm sure we do. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is, uh, let's say, this is a great introductory conversation of more conversations that I know we're going to have. Ed Stilk right here. Uh, S-T-Y-L-C, am I saying that right? S-T-Y-L-C, yes, sir. Yes, Ed Michael. Stilk. And that's great. And, um, you know, what we want to do is you want to follow this man on Facebook because I, I, I know I do. And we got to be sharing some pictures. And we're, and we're definitely going to talk as soon as we uh, end this recording about how I can uh, hook up with that championship title belt. Yeah, I, and, and by the way, please do. Anybody who wants to find me, I don't do a whole hell of a lot. Um, but, yeah, Ed Stoltz, S-T-Y-L-C, Facebook. Find me there if you want to know some stuff about my um, – wrestling video collection stuff like that oh yeah that's a whole nother collection we'll talk about videos vhs dvd yeah Yeah, that's going to be a whole other thing i mean the network is good for what it is but i want i like the fact that i still can go and get those uh huge brick looking boxes of the wwf super tapes and uh watch different uh, parts of shows from different places michael we're gonna have so many conversations <laughs> that I have, you won't believe it. I'll tell you what, but yeah, Ed still definitely, and uh, I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna stay on the phone here for a minute, but I'm gonna end the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast, and uh, you know, we wanted to go 20 or 30, and we're right in. See, I, that's what I did well in professional wrestling in the uh, in the indie stage. I was good at keeping time. So, um, referee, timekeeper, ring announcer, I was right on the money. I get it. So that was great. So hang on for just a second, Adam. We are going to come back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast in just a couple of minutes. Back yep. on the damn it on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast once again. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly, and we are sitting here live in the mansion for possibly one of the last times we're in the mansion because we're going to the penthouse with 
CM Funk. CM Funk. And Chris Burns, I got my I got, got your room ready for you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Um, Ed Stilk, fantastic conversation. Uh, you know, please follow him, look him up. And, you know, it's just great to see somebody with that much living history of the business of professional wrestling. He is truly a fan. Thank you so much, Ed. We appreciate you. And don't forget, episode 89 next month in November, Satomi Hoffman. Broadway actress, podcaster, iHeart Geek podcast, and so much more um, coming up then. So let's let's talk let's talk about something. We just watched it, okay? AEW Dynamite, <laughs> the greatest, most iconic moment in professional wrestling history. Um, y- yeah, so this was, and if you haven't seen it, it was a dinner between Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, MJF, and Chris Jericho, the demo god. Um, they were having dinner. They were ordering steaks back and forth, uh, changing the temperature. Then they went into a full-blown musical number with dancers, um, and then they came back and their steaks were just as rare as they asked for. Um, so, Big Ugly, what did you think of this? I thought it was hilarious. There you go. That was pretty entertaining stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's good stuff. I see. I, I didn't see it live. You guys had told me that you know it was really good. That 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 was good. Mm-hmm. That's now that's not necessarily sports entertainment. That's just entertainment. That is yeah. entertainment. Yes. They'll they'll take the sports part. If either one of them get in the ring and do anything, it's going to be fine. It's absolutely going to be fine. But I just that's just fantastic. That, that, that seems like something that somebody might pitch in a writers' room, and it would completely be Knicks in the WWE. Oh God, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But in AEW, like they'll take a chance with it. Yeah, and, and they pulled it off. They you know? they it's, did, and that's probably what I just watched it for the third time there. So people are going to be watching this, and it's going to be online, and it's going to go viral. It's a hundred percent. CM Funk, you actually clued me in on this without spoiling it for me. Um, I appreciate that. So, you know, what were you thinking when you first saw this? I, I I couldn't help but go, "Am I really watching this?" Meanwhile, enjoying every second of it. Um, I tell you, man, like that's what that's what professional wrestling is supposed to be I mean I know this wasn't professional wrestling per se because there was no wrestling involved and it really was just entertainment but that's what I want out of my professional wrestling I want something fun and captivating that gets a hold of me and ca- captures me and I'm, I'm invested in the two characters in y2j well I'm sorry Chris Jericho that's okay um, and uh, and um, MJF you know like I, I love the two of them to begin with you know because they're fun they're entertaining they, yeah you know they make me they remind me of what the 80s were in professional wrestling. Heck yeah. You know, here we are in 2020 talking about these guys, you know. Isn't it great, like, too, that MJF is, like, in his 20s and Jericho is way older? Yeah. And they they are mixing and meshing and getting along this well, uh, chemistry-wise. Yeah, they Isn't get, it great? Yeah, they get it. I mean, they understand what, what the purpose of becoming a professional wrestler was and is for these guys, you know. And, and, to, and to modern times right yeah. now. Like, who and would they, ever think of yeah. that, like Big Ugly said? I, I, like, I was just going to say, I, I think that's just mostly a testament to Jericho and his ability to remain relevant and to remain up on the times and not get even though he's aging he's not getting old yeah you know what I'm yeah. saying yeah sure so. yeah <clears throat> and let's uh let's talk about why we're talking about AEW let's just just go into it whatever you guys have seen on AEW Dynamite or AEW Dark on television uh the addition of Miro aka Rusev uh, in the past couple of uh, couple of weeks, um, Eddie Kingston just doing tremendous stuff. Uh, a match between Ray Phoenix and Pentagon this past week, just uh, one of the best matches I think I've ever seen. Um, anybody have any opinions on AEW or John Moxley or anywhere where it is or where it's going? Go ahead. Let's start with you, Big Ugly. I'm glad you're starting with me because I know nothing. 
Let's go to Sam Funk. Get it out of there. Yeah, 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 you yeah, threw it right yeah, to him, man. Yeah, yeah. I was throwing you a softball. Man, that is, that is, that's good stuff there. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, uh, big, big, you know, you know, the Dirty Mike and I both have been like, you know, talking about AEW and you know, trying to get you on it and hook. Yeah. I realize it's you know, you know, it kind of difficult sometimes to catch up on everything, but man. Dude, they, they just are doing things right. And I, I'll be honest, like, you know, all the things you mentioned, uh, Dirty Mike, mm-hmm. you know, have been fun and, and and exciting. But the thing to me right now that's, the, like, the best thing going is the reinvention of Kenny Omega. Oh, my God. Dude, he has gone from being, like, you know, the best bout machine, top guy in the world, basically. Everybody wants to ke- check him out to kind of being a secondary Trucciary player on AEW, you know, which was smart. You don't want to, don't put your main guy in the main spotlight right away because that kind of dilutes the rest of the product, I think, at that yeah, point. Or all of them because they all knew it was Kenny and the Bucks and everything. Right, exactly. You know, you've kind of held off on Kenny. You let him roam in the tag team division for a while and, and he helped build Hangman Page, who, sure is, who is quickly becoming the top guy in AEW. And you'll say he needed it too because. And he, and he did, yeah. You're right. But now Kenny Omega has gone back to singles, and he's doing it in a heelish way, and all, which is fantastic because he really hasn't been a heel since he was a Bullet Club guy. And even when he was a Bullet Club guy, it was like being NWO. It was cool to be a bad guy, right. you know. So, But he's being a real heel right now. But he's not doing it in the traditional sense of just being a bad guy. He's coming in. With this extra long uh, uh, introduction about all the five star and seven star ratings, and he's this and that and the other, and you know it's this big thing. He's got dancers now in his his entrance and all this. It's fantastic. And then he way comes overblown, in, but right? It's... But then he comes into the ring and he shakes hands with the person across from Sunny him, kiss. You know, right? And it squashes him in like ten seconds. <laughs> it, it's great, and then helps him up after the match. Shakes it, him, it, hugs it, him, says, "Here, Sunny Kiss, here's the man." Right? <laughs> but it, it's it's so fresh. It's so new and it's going to give Kenny Omega a whole new um, you know kind of look for the American audience that might not be super familiar with him too. Yeah, so. and it, it makes him a character. Yes. Um and it's great and they're having this this tournament to where I think it's an eight man tournament and it's going to come down to a one-on-one match and I believe the winner gets a chance at the uh the Co- AEW right. Yeah. Have it's a title shot, yeah. So we know it's kind of come down to Hangman against uh, oh, Omega, yeah. yeah. And that's going to be one that's of the, the greatest matches. Now, that's one of the reasons I want to get full gear on pay-per-view on November 7th. That's one of the reasons. Another reason is because Cody Rhodes, you know Cody, and uh, Darby Allin, they're going to have a TNT championship match, which is going to be Darby Allin is like a, a freaking superstar in, yeah. a, in and of himself. And Cody is Cody, and he's like being yeah. able to be shine. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's going to be great. Uh, and, you know, we got John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's basically been an indie guy for so long. And now he's coming up and he's doing great stuff with Moxley. Um, I have no problem with anything AEW is doing. Nothing. Yeah, and actually the Cody matches against Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah, because uh, Orange Cassidy and him went to a, only the second ever time limit draw in AEW history. Both of which have been... Had Cody involved in him. Funny, you're right. I'm sorry about that. No, no, no. You're good. Darby's somewhere. He's uh, taking on Ricky Starks. Thank you, Darby and Ricky Starks, because that's the 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 feud. And there's also a Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy ladder match. Yeah, you can be uh, sure that this isn't going to be the cookie cutter WWE ladder match that they usually have. No, the two of them have given each other concussions the last like three matches. Sure, so uh, it's bound to be stupid. Yeah, Um, apologize for the the miscue there, but I was I was we were watching. Yeah, well, the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because Big Ugly, you mentioned uh, while we were watching the uh, Jericho MJF song and dance, you 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 weren't sure of who Orange Cassidy was. Right. 
anything. Yeah. Well, he's the king of sloth style. <laughs> uh, when you get a chance, check him out on YouTube. Like, check out some of his stuff. Um, it's it's completely different. Yeah. Uh, from less is traditional. More. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just check him out. Totally uh, over. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. AEW. Watch it. TNT and uh, watch it on pay per view. Might be forty nine or fifty nine ninety five, but you know what? It might be worth it. it might be worth it. Might be. How's Brody Lee doing? In this? Pretty good. Uh, he was the TNT champion for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Head, head of the Dark Order, so yep. he's got his own little stable. Um, Dark Order's a pretty strong faction. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know. What about Moxley as champ? Has he? Has it still been interesting? Sustaining. Or okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he's done a good job. They've put the right um, people up against him. Okay. They've put they've put big horses that you know can can just brawl, you right? Know, which is what Moxley needs. Yeah. Because he's not going to have a pure wrestling match, right? You know. So. And and they're, and they're keeping it fresh. They're not leaving a storyline on them too long. Nah. They're they're letting them jump around. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. Um, I, I think the AEW if. When they are able to have, I mean, they're starting to live, get fans into Daly's place a little bit here and there. But I mean, when they start allowing more fans and having more fans and doing more venues, they're going to get them. There's yeah. going to be no problem whatsoever. Yeah, no doubt. Might be a little harder for WWE to get them, <laughs> but that's that's a different story. Um, so AEW's doing just fine. Um, let's talk about. Let's just get let's get some uh, current event kind of stuff out of the way. We were talking about the World Series, you know, Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's fantastic. We talked about the NFL when we started this thing. Um, uh, I believe uh, the NBA champions. That's over. I think that's over. Yeah, Lakers won. Lakers won. Okay, got it. Um, and there, we got a political election coming up. We got uh, Trump versus Biden in the steel cage. No, I'm sorry. That's terrible. I'd be invested finally if that were the case. Uh, you know, <laughs> we got a WWE Hall of Famer in there. Why not, right? Um, you know, Trump got COVID. And he, you know, you know, about a week later, he's out at rallies with a lot of people that aren't socially distanced and not wearing masks. And he's not wearing it either. So, it, you know, like I said, COVID's an afterthought at this point. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, we just passed um, Columbus Day. AKA Indigenous Peoples Day, where the Washington football team was probably sponsored, and the Cleveland baseball team is probably going to have a problem too. Uh, and then, all right, so I know we talked about this name change kind of stuff before. I'm not going to go into all, all that. I'm just saying it's that's just kind of what's happening. Um, coming up soon, Hell in a Cell. We talked about that a little bit, and also NXT Takeover, which is actually just on Wednesday night on NXT. Right, it's not no, an actual Takeover. It's, right, it's Halloween Havoc. No network. Just on USA, right? Yes. And they're going to spin the wheel and make the deal and bring oh. back something from our WCW days. CM Punk. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited. I, I, Halloween Havoc was always my favorite WCW pay-per-view. Because they actually themed it out. Right. It was, it was, it was a Halloween theme. themed. It, it was, was... Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was back when you had... Um, when you had the uh, Taskmaster and uh, you know and his uh, group and everything, sure, uh, Kevin Sullivan yeah, so and, and the, the Dungeon of Doom, the Dungeon of Doom. There you go, thank you. Great uh, stuff in yeah. WCW, Big Ugly. Tell yeah, uh, so like it was, it played into the whole Halloween habit because those those were all guys that were dressed up as characters, you know, in costume and stuff. So, um, so ex- excited, ex- so excited. You know, you know what I didn't see on the wheel. The, the match that, that they had the electric chair in the middle of oh, the electrified steel cage. Uh, was they, that? Abdullah the Butcher? Abdullah the Butcher, yeah, yeah, Sting, got a, uh, got a, got a Flair, Luger, all these guys. Yeah. So there was a match back in WCW <laughs> Big Ugly where the, in the middle of the ring there was an electric chair. And to win the match you had to throw one of the opponents of the other team in the electric chair and throw the switch. 
Abdullah the Butcher sold the shit out of that because yeah. he was a big, he was a big large man with a lot of rolls, yeah. and he was bleeding. So as soon as, actually, the timing was off when the switch, right. switch was thrown. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, Abdullah was doing all this shit, but he was doing it when the switch wasn't thrown on both sides of it. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. And he wasn't doing it when the switch was. Thrown. Sus- suspend disbelief. Yeah, yeah. It was terrible. I mean, Jim Ross sold it like it was a million dollars. So I mean, it was great. Um, so Halloween Havoc, you get you a um, couple of matches where the competitors actually spin a wheel, and it picks their match stipulation. Now, granted, some of that stuff's going to be you know predetermined or, or you well, since it's, since it's a computerized uh, wheel uh, as opposed to a real. I wheel. want the real wheel. I want, I want the real see, wheel too. But yeah, I want to uh, see stuff on the real wheel. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, it's different matches, and it's Halloween themed matches, casket match, burial live match, uh, you know, yeah, whatever. Shotzi's so. choice because Shotzi Blackheart will be hosting uh, the Halloween having. Yes, so. she will. Um, so it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, watch NXT. I mean, they've actually been putting on some good stuff. I think I threw I threw it out to you that uh, Drake Maverick and uh, Killian Dane, man. Killian Dane is like one of the funniest storylines ever. The odd couple. Yeah. Uh, it's very much odd couple. It's great stuff. Um, I, I I don't know if everybody caught NXT this past week or not. I actually did. All, I but, did not. Um, the return of one NFL punter to uh, WWE. I did see Pat McAfee. Yeah, pretty excited about that because I, I enjoy Pat McAfee. I liked the match he had with Adam Cole. We all talked yeah, about that. Sure, that was yeah. really good. And he's a personality, and he's it's he easy to dislike him. Yes. <laughs> so when he helps the tag team championship change and gets some heels over on a, a face team and, and Breezango, that's great stuff. Yeah. That's great stuff. Can I ask, what, what is happening? I can't remember if I asked you guys. Where is Walter and Imperium? So NXT UK just kind of started back up recently, well, I believe. I so, believe. Yes. And uh, they've been doing some recordings over there. Their, their performance center was locked down. Their TV was shut down for a long time right. due to Wal- COVID. I think Walter got stuck overseas. He did. He, was he out couldn't. Of, he was out of oh, America. Oh, okay. Yeah, right, he couldn't so. travel. Oh my goodness! Uh, apologize, everybody. Um, uh, that, that, that's what? my my time to go take my senior citizen. Uh, that was Walter. So apologize. Um, no. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, old school, I got some. Uh, <laughs> I got some Maxell hashtag Maxell. We got a giveaway. Maxell. This is uh, King Maxell. This is a uh, Matt Hardy kind right, of deal, right. and Matt Hardy version one. Um, so we got we're gonna have a giveaway. So uh, during <laughs> Halloween at one of the, the probably the last Halloween at the mansion, um, you know, outside of the mansion's 27 rooms, I'm gonna leave a basket Halloween themed of Maxell CDRs. They're 80 minutes, 700 mil. I don't think anybody uses these anymore, but they're CDs and they're <laughs> they're writable CDs. So you can put something on it. Like you could put music on these things and Ooh. play it in the CD player. Really? Like yeah. Wow. And you could put other Re- revolution. <laughs> yeah, this is re- retribution revolution. Uh, this is all lowercase by the way. This they're going to be out there. I've got hundreds of these things that have been like all around the 27 rooms of the mansion. Uh, first 100 callers <laughs> into the Dirty really? Ugly podcast. Uh, Do we have a phone number? Sure. Okay. Right. 555. Actually, <laughs> uh, first 100 people to email us at uh, Dirty Ugly Rest- at gmail.com because it's yeah. still there. Hit us on AOL. Hit us. On... Hey, some people still use that. You know, got to stick with what works. But uh, you got some CDRs. Anyway, where the hell was I going with that? Um, like us on MySpace. Please. I tried to do that. We had a couple followers on MySpace for a little while, Big Ugly. I haven't checked it in a while, but we had three. Um, 
Anyway, so lots of stuff in pro wrestling happening. Um, you know, we got Hell in a Cell coming up. We got AEW Full Gear coming up. Um, we got NXT Halloween Havoc. It's not even a takeover, right? It's just Halloween right, Havoc. Just Halloween Havoc. Just um, NXT Wednesday night. Sure. And Survivor Series, which we kind of touched on a little earlier, is coming up in uh, November, which we'll be talking about in November on episode 89. Um, so lots, lots of stuff. Now, did I, did I miss any? Because we kind of talked about a lot of stuff here. Did I miss... Any people specifically, or any any topics that you want to bring up? Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, what was everybody what was everybody's thoughts about the draft? Oh, sorry, I did. I, I, we I mean did the, touch I, on that I mean briefly. The WWE draft. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I thought you were talking about how we needed to go to war or something like this. Yeah, no, no. Okay, that one. sorry. Uh, the draft. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't yeah. care. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I. The only thing, the big takeaway I felt like from the draft was, uh, for me, uh, the New Day. New sp- Day? Splitting up. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's an argument that could be made that it, it was time. Like, they've been together for, I mean, how, many, six, how many years has it been? Six years? Yeah, years, I mean, yeah. that's a long time for a but faction. But when you look at the ways that they get creative where you can have different people in different shows and then you have the pay-per-views that have both brands on it, they'll be back together here and there, you know. Yeah, because like, technically they're not dead. Like, Kofi and Woods are still functioning as the New Day. Right. On, so it's not... Completely dead. And and Big E was on the uh, he was one of the um, little screen people in the Thunderdome while yes he was while the New Day was wrestling yeah while. yes okay. he was so yeah. he was with them in spirit I mean yeah that that's a big takeaway from the storyline of the draft honestly if they kept the draft separate uh, or they kept the shows separate it would mean more but obviously we've seen over the past couple years it's just been a way because obviously the the shows before the draft and then the two shows after the draft happened they were like oh this is their last time on Raw oh this is their last time on SmackDown oh you know what no it's not like right. Right. nobody cares yeah. like you're right it's it's kind of an afterthought at this point because it's not it's not really telling us anything that we don't know although seeing different people on different brands uh, with different opponents that is cool. It doesn't matter if it's Raw or SmackDown. I just like seeing different matchups. Sure. Different storylines. Do you feel like maybe it's time to go without the draft? Like, have the draft, but go without the draft. Like, uh, like you mean without know, the spectacle yeah, of the television of the, yeah, show? Yeah, of the television show, right. Like, I don't know, put it online or something, or, you know, just have it be surprise people showing up throughout the show. I like that. Without... You know, without a Stephanie McMahon coming out and being like, you know, Raw drafts this person. It and makes all the of TV that. show more intriguing. Yeah, I mean, to to me, I I totally agree. Yeah, they do away with the draft concept as it is as it's yeah. right now. And the other thing, like, what's the point of having the champions, the title holders, being drafted? Like, we all know, other than the tag team titles, which was a Shock, and I'm doing air quotes for all those that can't see us. At yeah, home. I thought they were uh, really going to combine the titles and have one tag yeah, team champion that like, floated on both I mean, shows. Why, like, why, why did Lars Sullivan get drafted ahead of Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn's the Intercontinental Champion. Why did the Intercontinental Champion not go until the fourth round of the second night of the draft? Right. Like, like, like to me, like that kind of thing, like makes it and where you just don't. Like it's, have any? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right. There were so many freaking rules. You mentioned this to me, CM Funk, and I went and looked at it. Yeah. It's like, what? Why do you have all these rules? Right. Just certain people can only be drafted on certain nights, no. and then you. If you want to have a real draft, you gotta you gotta clear the board. I mean, you gotta take everybody's title away. Right. You gotta <laughs> make you gotta make everything ground zero. This is what you gotta do, and you gotta put everybody in a pool, and you gotta have people fight for titles again. You had to people build storylines again. That's the only way that television wise, big ugly. I think the draft might work a little better. You clear the. I think they've done that once before. 
I think they did. Clear yeah. the board. Um, but it doesn't make sense now, and there's so many freaking rules. But I like if they're going to keep it the way, just do it online. That's a great way to push social media influence. It's like, hey, we're going to have the, the draft on Facebook or you know Instagram, whatever the case. That's a great way to get people following you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, so speaking of, I was going to name two people to ask you guys like what you guys thought. Go ahead. One of them you just mentioned, Lars Sullivan. Okay. Thoughts? If he didn't have so much baggage, I think he could be a monster type heel character. But he's got so much baggage out there you I don't know, think it's in, in last. the world that yeah, like it feels like another Vince just pushing a guy that he loves down your throat. He does. And, all, and it's like nobody cares. Nobody cared about him know. the first time he came out. Right. Nobody cares about him now. So. And, and they're doing it the exact same way. The yeah. exact same. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the pen to the paper. Yeah. Exact yeah. same thing. Um, I, no. I mean, there's no reason for that. What is the baggage? I, I know he stopped because of mental health reasons. That was the reason he That's originally... That's one part of it. one thing. Well, then apparently he had made some homophobic comments, and then it turns out he started some porn mm-hmm. stuff. Some adult films, I'm sorry, let me yeah. rephrase that. From the that. past. From the past sure. that were not, um, well, I mean, it's Stuff that film, shouldn't so. make any difference in the, but it, you know, you blow it up on social media right. and then it's, uh, the world is different. And then just recently, apparently he had some sort of, um, social media banter with someone where he was in, sexually inappropriate. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, I mean, now how much truth there is to all this, you never know. Doesn't right? matter, but it Just, doesn't. Right, it doesn't matter. That's what people are going to focus on, if anything, about Lars Sullivan. Nobody cares, and plus, it's just there's no point. There's no point. Where can it go? Right. He's not going to have a title run. He's like, <laughs> where can it go? It's it's you know, I don't know. And I mean, he he seems to me. I I've never really heard him on a mic. If I I think he did a promo like right before he left, but. He seems like he needs somebody. Yeah. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. He does. Like, he like needs he, a heater. He was really good in NXT. I actually really enjoyed him in NXT. Yes, yes, yes. But that's because it's smaller scale. Absolutely. You know, you don't need all that extra pomp and circumstance yeah. like you do in on the main roster stuff. So. By the way, check out the cruiserweight division on NXT if anybody gets a chance. They've had some six-man matches and some storylines going down there. El Hijo Fantasma or whatever the hell it is. Um, it's the one. The great matches, all of them. Just saying. Go ahead. Oh, just... Go ahead. You were going to mention one more name, and then I had a name to bring up, but go ahead. All right. I had two more names. Sorry. Go ahead. Two was good. All right. Seth Rollins. I'm going to write this down. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to jump in here. I loved when he got drafted to SmackDown. Um, you know, I, I was excited for him to be called the Friday Night Friar or something. <laughs> but, um, Sorry. But, I uh, went to Holy shit. But when it followed up with the rest of the draft and they just continued the Mysterio storyline. That's I was, why I said it I'm, earlier. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I don't care. Yeah. So, <laughs> my thing, I guess I'm thinking about Seth Rollins is like the, you know, he started with the Monday Night Messiah, you know, this Messiah gimmick. He has nobody now. Right. Does, can he, has, like, can he still function in that gimmick without the heaters? Because it's like that whole gimmick started with him and AOP and now it's like just him. He needs to he needs to generate disciples and he needs to recruit people and actually make right. that storyline something yeah. like we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. It has to be a faction. It's never going to happen like while he's right. feuding with Ray and Dominic yeah. Mysterio. Because to me, it was the same thing that we saw with Bray Wyatt. Like Bray Wyatt starts as his cult leader, then they break up the Wyatt family, and it's like Bray Wyatt by himself does not right. work. He's a cult leader. Like, right. <laughs> right. Right. right, that's kind of his yeah. gimmick. That's yeah. His, yeah, that's his thing. He, he's a cult leader. Um, all right, last person, Braun Strowman. What do you think about what's been, what's been done with Strowman? 
I like the change in character or gimmick because that what, what this raw underground thing he changed up a little bit and mm. became more more of a a shoot fighter rather than a big brawny charactery professional wrestler. Problem is the first thing they give him to do is have a match against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship on SmackDown and go down clean. <laughs> like what they really I mean Braun Strowman had a run as a Universal Champion. That's great. It was by default if you want to put it in, in different ways. I I, I really do like Braun Strowman. He has a lot of potential, but I don't think they're ever going to give him anything yeah. supplemental to do. I think he's going to have a Big Show-type career. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, listen, Big Show is... And nothing against Big right, Show, Right, he, he's Hall a Hall of, of Famer, Famer he's, one to doubt. Without a doubt. But, you know, it's like when you look back at Big Show's career, like, he, he should have been protected... Way more as right. the giant that he is. Yep. Like Andre was. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, 10, 15 years from now, we're going to be looking at the same thing as Braun Strowman. Like, yep. you know, yeah. look how they treated right. Braun. Like, right. It, it what, made no what sense. could have been, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a damn shame, too, because I don't know what round of the draft he went in, but, I mean, he's a, he's a big name. He's a big deal, but it's... It's not well, and now it. now they've got him taking on Keith Lee. Like, what does that do for either guy? Nothing, Nothing at this point. Like, you know, I mean. And did you see the match? It was. It was. Was it a match? I mean, did you see how it ended? What did happen on this? There one? was a there was a ball shot. It was uh, oh right 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 yeah right. it was a uh, it was a Keith Lee right yeah, yeah. Balls, right? so that's interesting because he was the biggest face and the double champion and all this stuff. Now he brought up to Raw and he kind of dissipated a little bit now. Yeah, because I can't remember if it was like an unintentional ball shot or whatever it was. No, it was an unintentional, unintentional ball shot from Strowman to Lee that ended the that he had, that Strowman won, right? And then Keith Lee actually really hit him in the ball, Strowman yeah. after the match was over. So this this storyline's not ending anytime soon. I thought they were actually gonna they're gonna have a match at Hell in a Cell, I think. Yeah. What was the name that you had? You had a name. Oh, um, Andrade. Mm. So. Haven't heard a lot about Andrade recently because Selena Vega is doing her own thing in the women's division. Um, and uh, Angel Garza got drafted on his own, and he's not doing anything right now. So this is what I – and this is rumor and innuendo, speculation, whatever the case may be. Vince really does not like Andrade. Um, Andrade really has a language barrier still. Um, so having Zelina was nice, but now he has not – like he's still a member of the roster. I don't think he got drafted to either show. He's a free agent right now, technically, but he hasn't been on TV in a while. And the last yeah. time he was on TV, he got buried. Yeah, I think uh, was Andrade kind of like a, a Heyman guy. Like, wasn't Paul Heyman? I think yeah. the rumor mill was that Heyman yeah. was like pretty high on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Andrade, <laughs> let me tell you, in the ring, he's flawless. Oh, yeah, like, he's next level. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I read Which means nothing in this business. I read somewhere he was actually going to have some surgery done. Is that right? Why he's been, why he wasn't drafted, why he's kept off TV. I hope that's the case because I keep reading these conflicting reports that Vince just does not want to give I've him anything supplemental to do. Yeah, I've seen that too. I just, I, I mean, he's with Charlotte though and Charlotte's the golden child. So like, you got to keep it. You, you would think Andrade would have a free ride basically right. even, just because of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, he should have a free ride because he's fantastic in the ring. Yeah, but, but you got to keep both what, of them but, happy, though. Yeah, but what do you do with a guy like him that, you know, Angel Garza speaks perfect English. What do you do with a guy like Andrade that can't pretty much, he can't cut promos? You you need to put him with somebody that's going to make And you're sense. taking his manager away. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, and that might be why they might, uh, if he was going to get some surgery, to get Selena to do something on her own. Because if 
they you know he goes away and Zelina just goes and did that's a waste of talent right there because Zelina Vega is very good as well. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing: Andrade needs to pull a Finn Balor. He needs to go back to NXT. Honestly, um, he'll be more utilized down there. He'll be able to be more creative, and plus, he'll get over on television. And he'll, you can put him with somebody down there, and it'll be a good thing. So I think you have to send him down. I agree. Um, I think that'd be the best. Otherwise, he's going to get lost in a shuffle up top, and nothing's going to happen with him. And he's too much, too talented to get wasted. Um. So that was my name. So the draft, yeah. Let's. You know, speaking of, you know changed what? up. I, there's some people that I never understood. Like, you know, I think Bo Dallas is still with the company, right? Supposedly. Yeah. We don't see him. I never understand why they have never sent him back to NXT. NXT. Oh, he needs to be. Yeah, like some of these people that just aren't being utilized at all. Like, I think I, I think the problem with sending guys back to NXT right now, though, is NXT already has too much talent. Mm-hmm. I guess you're right. You would just get lost down there, lost too. Down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, um, they have... Because they got to build new people. Right. Yeah. Right. But they have so much available programming to them. There's places for everybody to go. 205 they, Live? They still have 205 Live. No kidding. They still have superstars. Uh, they, they have Raw. They have SmackDown. They have NXT. So there is a lot of space. Um, but there's there's a whole lot of talent. They they're keep bringing in new classes at the Performance Center. They've got all their current roster. They've got all their previous roster. Um, you can imagine why people get creatively stifled and want to go to places like AEW. Now, you think about this. We, we're actually talking about the the, the, uh, the amount of talent on their roster. You've actually got people that have not been performing in AEW consistently coming to the Performance Center now and being in the classes at the Performance. So, now AEW's established enough to where they're coming the other way. Yeah. So, no, I'm not talking about, like, big names. I'm talking about just, like, people that are kind of getting lost in the shuffle at AEW, which is... It can happen. They only have two hours of television, one pay-per-view every two months, and they have Dark, which is the the YouTube thing, which they only run one or two hours a week. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. They have like 25 matches on Dark, which is weird. There's a lot of Dark going on as far as the past year, though. Yeah. I mean, but and they do run the results of Dark at the bottom as a ticker on AEW Dynamite, so you do see what people are doing, even if they're not on television every week. Right. But they're starting to get a wealth of talent. They have a lot of talent over there. I don't want to see people get lost in the shuffle, but maybe as a legitimate competitor to each other, or at least a, right now with COVID, you, you're competing in TV ratings only, basically. Um, do something a little different. Yeah. R- rumor, too, on AEW is that they're supposed to have another hour of programming that um, I don't know if it's going to be strictly YouTube or if it's going to be you know streaming service or what it's going to be, but uh, they're talking about having another hour of programming. So. Okay. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Do it. I have a question from uh, this is my last tangent from when I was watching uh, the 2002 era. Yeah. Do you guys feel like now I haven't gotten too much further, and this was like around time to actually start watching wrestling. So I, I stopped watching wrestling, so I don't know what really happened. Do, but do you think that the Kurt Angle in his career did he peak too early? And the reason I'm saying this is because when I'm watching, and I started back in like '98, you know, when Angle comes in in about what, what was it like '99, I think, or something like that, or was it '98? Uh, it was the late '90s. Yeah, yeah, late, yeah. One of them either '98, '99. Yeah. And I mean, immediately Angle ends up winning like two championships. About four or five months later, he's in the main event, mm-hmm. and he is the title holder going up against Triple H, blah, 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 yep. right? All right, and, and that stays that way for a few years. And then by 2002, he's tag-teaming with Chris Benoit, kind of like in the mid-card. Who? And he, 
sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's tag teaming with Benoit, which is it's a good program. Like, I, I like the chemistry between him and Benoit. It's a fantastic But, program. you know, and, and they're going against, like, Chavo and, and Eddie Guerrero, you know. Um, but he's nowhere near the, the top anymore. What do you think? Did he ever truly return to that point? I, I just I, only because I kind of tuned out around 2002 to 2003, four you yeah. know, era and all. Um, I, I see what you're saying. I, I kind of agree with you. I think you know he he got pushed to the moon quick because and deservedly so. Yeah. Um, he was signed that way though. That yeah, was the idea with him. Yeah, but I think they got to a point where they kind of had to maybe almost bring him down a little bit. Sure. You know, because uh, you got to. And, inject some new life, you know, so you had your Brocks, you had your Randys, you had your Batistas and Cenas and stuff like that show up around the same period of time, you know, because not too long after that, like 2005, I mean, Angle was still main eventing WrestleManias and stuff, you know, he was in yep. the triple threat with Orton and Rey Mysterio, when yep. Mysterio won his first, uh, or 06 actually it was, I guess, but, you know, so so what I don't think, you know, I, I, well, I do agree with you, like, he did shoot to the moon immediately, and then it was kind of like, meh. Yeah, you know, I think it was almost a case where you just kind of had to bring him back down a little bit, and then kind of repush him. Re-push. In, in, yeah, in different. You just—he wasn't the guy to stay up here. Like if you left him up here for too long, yeah, he would have fizzled out a hell of a lot quicker. Right. Um. And and imagine the talent like in the mid card or different programs that he actually got. You mentioned a lot of names in there, the Guerreros and all this stuff, right. and, and Edge. You know, he like he had programs with pretty much everybody and and that was a point in the WWE where there was a lot of mid-card stuff that was actually outshining the main event stuff um, and that, that was a big part of it so Angle was maybe not a main event player like he went real to the moon and then got pulled back but he was always relevant yeah you know what I'm saying still a top guy yeah I mean still I, a top guy without being a top guy right like you said I mean just look at who he was wrestling in the mid-card you know yeah. I mean, Hall of Famers yeah, yeah right yeah so true it's that. Like, he it's wasn't like, yeah. ever like, in a bad program did, how far did he really drop right you know? right true true that <laughs> I mean even the program he had with Eugene now uh, you know Nick Dinsmore I mean Eugene was over I Eugene mean, was over like did you get you haven't seen him yet no I have not gotten there when yet. you get there it's like this is I mean he played you know basically a mentally challenged I remember Eugene yeah yeah. so I mean but if, when he had a program with Kurt Angle and that was mid that actually led off one of the pay-per-views yeah. and I was done after that I was like okay I don't need to see anything else this was great <laughs> right. I loved it um, but it's and, and you know he made everybody he worked with looked like a freaking champion yeah like he really did and I, I have nothing but respect for Kurt Angle I got really opportunity to work with I was a ring announcer in AEW or ACW I should say and uh, he came in and did a run in and I got to announce him a couple times and promote his you know pictures and autographs and everything and I just loved just putting him over it was great um so we had a draft it was, it was what it was the one thing that got me thinking about Brock was he wasn't in the draft, and we hadn't heard about him in a while. They do mention him every now and again on WWE television, so he's not, like, dead to the world. So there's always that open door. So we'll see. Um, did we miss any tangents? Because we're going to get to this Hall of Fame segment. Um, uh, I don't think we missed any tangents. Because we yeah, did. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, we did some yeah, tangents. Yeah. We, yeah, all right. Let's do this Hall of Fame. Watch man. Chicago 7 on Netflix. That's an all that own sounds. That's good shit. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. All right, so I only got a few people. And some of these people, man, I might have asked. I feel like I'm asking so many people. It's like, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to keep track now. But All right, Chris Nowinski. Nah. Harvard grad? No? Yeah. No. I, I'm tweening on that one, though. 
Yeah, I, I'm not. He's got an impact <laughs> in different ways, but I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say no. Alright. I don't know if I I may have said this guy, Marty Janetti. He killed somebody. No, wait a minute. No. He made somebody disappear. I'm sorry. I, I would love Marty Janetti only goes in as a rocker as part of his tag team with Shawn Michaels. That's the only way Marty Janetti on his own, I just don't know that he's got enough you know, no. to put him in there. Gotcha. Alright. Yeah. I gotta agree. Yeah, I gotta agree. All right, Shannon Moore. Hmm. Hurricane sidekick, huh? Yeah, I like Shannon Moore. He was better, however, in WCW and in TNA than he ever was in WWE. So do you think, if you combine his resume, you know, of everything, would you say he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? No. (laughs) Still no. Still Still no, but... uh, Uh, Yeah, eh, I can't. I can't give it to him. All right, so this is a, a futuristic one, based off of like what we know now. Oscar, will she go in? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely got, got to. Okay, yeah. uh, Victoria. She's already in, isn't she? Is she? I didn't look it up. She might be, but I, I think, think she. I don't think so. She just retired this past year, I think too. I got to from, do a MCW podcast with her. That was pretty cool. Right, right. Um, it's her and Molina, right? Yeah, yeah. her and Molina. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of Victoria. I, I would I'm give it to her. I would, I would give it to her too. Gotcha. Yeah. This no, guy is Hall of Fame thing. not really a wrestler, but uh, I mean, he was in um, in uh, WCW. Vince Russo. Oh, um, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna man. disagree on this one, I think. Uh, all right, taking out the politics part, where WWE wants nothing to ever do with Vince Russo again, basically, and all. I would put him in. Just because of wow, his, because I didn't expect of, that. Because of his contributions to the Attitude Era, right? Like, I mean, if it weren't for him, there probably was no Attitude Era, right? At all, yeah. yeah. No yeah. offense to Stone Cold and The Rock and those guys. Well, Vince Russo helped write a lot of the yeah. material for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought we were going to disagree on that. I really <laughs> thought you were going to say no. I, I got to say yeah. yeah. I, Absolutely. I, I, I had to take my uh, WWE. I'll never let him in because they can't stand him. Out of the equation, so. <laughs> you got to take your personal yeah. out of it. Yeah. All right, next up, Dynamite Kid. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. British Bulldogs aren't in yet, right? No, no. Uh, you yeah. think they'll go in by them? Uh, I, I, I think Davy Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid, and the British Bulldogs, which are all the same thing, all belong in the Hall. Well, of the Bulldog was going in earlier this year, right? Yeah, he was supposed to. Oh, right, to. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Bulldog, I think <clears throat> the Bulldog would is justified on his own. Yeah. I think Dynamite Kid goes in as, as the tag team. I could see that. Yeah, I could see as that. As the Bulldogs. I, okay. Again, personal feelings. I love the Dynamite Kid. He's one of my Me too. I think he's right on that. I mean, he never got uh, av- the, the singles push he deserved. No, he didn't. But I got to give it to him. Umaga. You know... I'm gonna go ahead and just. I'm not even gonna think about it. I'm gonna say yes for Umaga. Okay. I I I I think what he did was, you know, I think he he pushed some boundaries. He did some things. I think he was around long enough that you know you could throw him in. I love Umaga. I really do. And and, and rest in peace, by the way. Um, nah. No. I can't. I can't. Didn't do I, Yeah. I mean, even posthumously, maybe is one of the. The, what do you call it? The um, a no eye family. <laughs> no <laughs> three minute warning. Yeah, well, well, the whole Samoan dynasty right, needs yeah. to go into the hall yeah. of fame. But all right, next up, Eugene. Just talking about. Yeah, I, I, I say Nick Densmore goes. Yeah, in the hall I, of I fame. think so too. Yeah. So you say he goes in over Umaga? Yep. 
Okay. His char- his character probably was more impactful than Umaga. And that's just so, Eugene. You don't know how, I mean, got to think how long he's, he's been in the business and how much he has done. He's been an agent. He's been a trainer. But that's you all saw Eugene. But I think that's how he's, you know, remembered in WWE. Because, you know, kind of like we talked about with, like, the gimmicks. Like, we talked about uh, the boogeyman and stuff and, yeah. like, being in that gimmicky part of the Hall of Fame. I would feel like Eugene would be I, yeah. in that. The I, Eugene gimmick, yes. yes. But Nick Dinsmore... You feel like he's done enough. He yep. deserves Hall of Fame. I do. Okay. Cool. More about Nick Dinsmore. we got to watch some of his independent stuff sometime. Right. It's good stuff. <laughs> Last two very random people. Adam Rose. No. <laughs> Leo Kruger? No. 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 Loved <laughs> the documentary they did on him, but... Have you seen just, that guy now? No. He's freaking jacked. Yeah, he he's super jacked. Like yeah. Right he now. doesn't at what all. Does he do? He's got like gray in his beard and everything. He's like very different. Dude, he's like, no, is he wrestling anymore? No. Um, he's, he's about to retire, right? Yeah, he just said so. he, yeah, 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 yeah. For he just, damn shame. He, he was still wrestling. He just got super jacked. Yep. Yeah. I mean, steroids yeah. hit him. I mean, mm. muscle. Yeah. yeah. Complete 180 from yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even believe it was him. Yeah. He's got short hair now. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Last person. Neville. Who's yeah. currently still... thought it was with AEW, but we with haven't AEW. seen him in a while. He's another one stuck over in England. Stuck over. Yes. Okay. Um, Pac, man. Pac, um, yes. Dude, I, I love him. He's fantastic. He's terrible ring. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Not I mean, enough He yet. is the greatest uh, cruiserweight champion of the 205 Live era, in my opinion. But um, that's not saying anything. So... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I got one. I, I hate that you know, for running over. I apologize. I got one. I don't know. We may have brought his name up before. Let's do it. Val Venus. Yes. I think that was one of the early ones was that it? we brought we up. But okay. yeah, um, I, I you might not yes right off the bat. Yeah, 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 I missed that. I missed Sean first. Morley, no. Yeah. Val Venus, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I just uh, want to make sure. I listened, I listened to the uh, uh, shout out to the uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard um, That's right. uh, podcast. Uh, and they did a Val Venus episode a while back. And yeah. I just got around to listening to it. Dude, it was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. one of the best episodes I've ever yeah. listened to. And speaking, of, speaking of Russo... I think Russo was the one that was high on Val Venus. Yeah, like, yeah, he, he wrote oh, like yeah. all of those like little. Right, he helped because yeah, yeah was, he built it, that character. Right, yeah, it was all uh, you know all that kind of yeah dirty you know attitude error type stuff. Right, like. and, and I think I think it really took you know I, I was watching it through and I had this already in mind from listening to uh, something to wrestle mm-hmm. with and if you I noticed that when Russo was gone and Brian Gewertz took over. It started like the decline of that Val Venus character. Yep. Like he wasn't, he wasn't given the mic when he was coming into the ring as much. Right. You know, like it wasn't, it, it just wasn't that he was same. A, he became enhancement talented. Yes, you really exactly, yeah. exactly. So it really showed that Russo was really high on. And, and like, when, like when I went back and listened to that one, like I forgot how long Val Venus was actually with the company. Like because it's ten years. Yeah, okay. it was close to ten years, which is like unheard of yeah. outside of Dolph Ziggler, who's been around for five hundred years hmm. now. But like, I was just amazed, and I was like, "You're right. He has been in different incarnations, but he's always been Val Venus, mm-hmm. you know." And it's I, I don't know. I, I, I you guys talked about him before. I just wanted to throw him out there. Yeah, throw it out so. there. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna throw out these last two guys in there. Oh, I'm let's done. do it. We're I'm fine done, since we're talking. Uh, Dang, I forgot their names. What's uh, uh, a Big Cass and uh, Enzo. Enzo? What about these guys? Mm. God, huge, think... huge impact in NXT. Yeah. Huge impact for the little bit of time they were on the Dude, main roster. If, if they could have... As sus- a tag team. If they could have sustained... Yeah. I, I think they would have been no doubters at some point. But because they couldn't... Because of their issues and all, I think, I, I think you can't... 
I would love to say they would go in together. Like, and that's I, what I mean together. I don't mean individual. I, I don't think they had strong enough singles I, careers, yeah, but together. Oh, I, I, I think that, yeah, together too. But I think if they rebuild bridges, I think it's very possible. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But right, you know, they had potential to be, but I don't think so. Yeah, I think they had the potential was there, but I mean, because they're like what the biggest tag team that's never won a championship like at all. Uh, yeah. they, yeah. no, they never won the championship. No, I don't they, think were they, no. they were huge. Over. Yeah. Have we ever talked about Joey Styles, ECW commentator and also I, magazine he, and Booker? He was on one of my lists, I believe. Yes. Okay. Because I, yeah. I, I, I just I, you I think you you said he needs to go in. He does. He does. In my yeah. opinion, and of course you. I'm just saying he just came up because we were talking about the, like that era of wrestling, and like Joey Styles absolutely needs to go into the Hall of Fame. Um, Tony Schiavone needs to go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He wasn't in WWE, but more than a year. But his contributions to the entire business of professional wrestling are endless. Totally agree. And just as a little aside, I could get rid of JR and AEW and just let Tony Schiavone be the uh, the, the Tony lead, Schiavone uh, and um and Excalibur. The Excalibur, and then whoever they they have come in as a guest of the third. Yeah, Tony Great. Schiavone has has regained his legs as a commentator again, and he's fantastic. And anyway. Jim Ross has Sorry. gone off the rail. But anyway. <laughs> So, this has been episode 88, Big Ugly. Thank you for doing everything that you do behind the scenes. Uh, and I'm going to send you some documentation. And we got to thank Ed Stilk, S-T-Y-L-C, for being on this podcast. And, you know, Satomi Hoffman coming up next month as our special guest. We're going to have a huge conversation there. It's going to be great. Um, and in between, lots of pro wrestling is going to happen. And, you know, uh, we might end up having one more. It might be the go-home podcast for the mansion in 89, which was actually the – 89 was the year I started watching professional wrestling, so it's going to be very special. You know, we should actually have a throwback little conversation and maybe look at the roster of wrestlers from 1989 for both WWF or E. E, It was F. It was F. F. They didn't get the F out yet at that point in time. But – and, and WCW, which it was changing over to that time, and just kind of look at the rosters and just see, maybe have a Hall of Fame conversation based on 89. I like it. Just remind me to do that. I'm pulling uh, up everybody. I'm going to put, uh, put on the 1989 uh, roster. I'm going to go in my Wayback Machine and uh, pull some names myself yeah, on yeah, this one. So. Yeah. Hall of Fame. And I'm, I'm talking about anybody on television. We're talking about broadcasters. We're talking about referees. We're talking about Nick Patrick needs to go into the freaking Hall of Fame. Let me tell you what. Referee. Let referee. me tell you something. One, two, Al, I got something in my eye. <laughs> Love that guy. Um, hated his cadence, but no no offense. Anyway, moving on. So we're going to be back in November shortly before Thanksgiving. So we want everybody to have a safe Halloween. Distance yourself. Remember, the uh, saw mask or the scream mask or the fiend mask is not a CDC <laughs> mask. Um, you know, wear a freaking real CDC mask and don't, you know, don't go up to people's doorways and go into people's houses and anything like that. Just take candy from the, uh, the sanitized bowl and, uh, make sure people check it for razor blades because, you know, you could, you know, go the hard way and start gigging yourself when you're eating your candy. Don't do that. I'm wiping all of my Snickers bars down with Lysol before <laughs> I hand them out. So just FYI. So you're, you're leaving them in the packages, but you're wiping them. You're not opening up and then putting Lysol in the chocolate, are you? That's probably a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And uh, one more shout-out to El Segundo, Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA, because in this area, at Total Wine on Lock Raven... Shout-out. Get it! 
And that's free. That's free advertising. You can get it now because we had to order this stuff from the internet or go all the way to New Jersey to get this stuff. But now it's out there, and we had a few, and it's great. Um, so, Big Ugly, thank you for doing all that you do. Yes. Cheers You're to welcome. you. Thank you. And uh, CM Funk, thank you for joining us yet again. Gosh, always a pleasure. Don't kick me out. Remember to no. get, give me the address to the penthouse, please. Oh, okay. don't you worry about it. It's not too far from the mansion. Okay. Let's just say that. And Chris Burns, if you're listening, coming for you, buddy. Um, so thank you very much. Thanks to Ed Stilk and Satomi Hoffman. Thank you to all of our listeners on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all of our followers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Gmail.com because it still exists. And uh, if you Google Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, you can find us in 10 other places. And Big Ugly, we're still going to expand. We're going to do it. Yes. It's time. It is time once again for everybody. The Godfather is already in the Hall of Fame. We don't have to talk about that. Yeah. How, how about the hoes? <laughs> I mean, they were interchangeable, I guess, in every city. But uh, if there's well, a gimmick. If, uh, if Victoria gets in, then there, right. there you go. There's, she, yeah. was. she was. One of, she was one of the hoes. Right. That's how she goes in yeah. as, as hashtag ho. Oh, my God. Sorry, Victoria. We love you. We really do. Thank you very much, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. Going home.